Talk about Christie's alcoholism. <laughs> well, that's fine. Mm-mm. I am not an alcoholic. This is the first glass of wine I've had in like five days. Four days? Three days? Something days. <laughs> it's today. <laughs> but uh, okay, well, let's, let's, uh, let's get the ball rolling. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dance Robot Dance. We are at episode 66 this week, and we're just crawling up that ladder. Look at us more than halfway to 100. It's getting decrepit. Old and decrepit. That's definitely feeling that. I can definitely relate to that emotion this week. So Second that emotion. Um, so in the spirit of that song, um, we are not doing anything fun and inviting. <laughs> um, well, that's a lie. Our talk tonight is uh, going to be about some ghoulish things to get us in the Halloween spirit, which is only two weeks away. Woo! Less than. And um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that when we get to the meat of our episode. Meat. But um, I have a fun little jam out I want to do for the the sting anyway. You've been so planning the sting. I've been planning like a not shitty host. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we've got our regulars back, and thank you last week for tuning in and listening to uh, Paul, Mark, and Paul's friend. Who's Paul's Becky. Becky? I need to listen to the episode. Um, and thanks for them for filling in. I haven't yeah, had a chance thank to listen you. yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Yes, thank you, Paul and Becky. Uh, Becky, I apologize. I said Paul's friend. Um, once I listen to the episode, I'll remember you forever-ish. <laughs> so, um, we're, but we're back with our regular crew, and it's, uh, it's been two weeks, so uh, let's let's give a little check-in. We got it with us. We got Mr. Mark. How's it going, guys? And we got Mr. Tim. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be back. And on the old headset, we got Kay Bolton. Oh, I shouldn't have said my last name. Everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> Not like... Be fair, we're on the Facebook page. Now I can't share for another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but wait, if I share, people already know. Anyway. Um, but yes, welcome back. So um, it's been... It's actually... It's been kind of a kind of a rough week in Canada. And before we jump into our... Hardcore news sesh. I thought I'd hand it over to the boys to talk about the uh, the sad deaths that we've had this uh, this week with some of our our Canadian icons. Not Celine Dion, but <laughs> I bet the guys not, wish it was her instead. Yeah, we're not we're not that fucking lucky. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm I'm more like I, I would maybe just wish that she lost her voice, not that she. How dare you? <laughs> Actually. I can. I'll second that. Aww. That's good. That's nice. Poor Celine. Nice. She's got she's, she's got kids great. and stuff. Yeah. 
I like. And then she divorced. Then she divorced her husband. No, he I think died. So. Oh yeah, her husband oh, managed, died. Died. I mean, I guess okay, that's okay. kind of divorce. Well, <laughs> called widowing. Yeah, it's widowing. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's hand it over to Tim first. Tim, why don't you take us down some sad memory lane? Uh, well, the first one, the first one that we were going to talk about was that that uh, John Dunsworth, who played uh, Mr. Leahy on Jim Leahy on the Trailer Park Boys for like all ten, however many of its seasons it's had now, uh, passed away earlier this week at seventy-one. Uh, so yeah, that one, I mean, if you're a fan of trailer park boys, trailer park boys is one of those really divisive things. It's like, you know, if you like it, you love it. If you're not, if it's not your thing, you probably just fucking hate it kind of thing. So, uh, but I watched it all the way through and continue to watch it as they still air stuff. Uh, and I, I still find it entertaining and it's, uh, it grabs a sort of a nice slice of Canadiana that isn't really represented anywhere else on TV, uh, or media anywhere that i know of so uh and he definitely was a big part of that show so that one was was kind of sad yeah and i i think that one um i mean 72 it's not so old that you're like expecting someone to die yeah but they've still lived a pretty good life yeah and it was apparently pretty quick like he just it was uh what his daughter said was it was a short and unexpected illness which Sometimes it's a blessing in disguise because it's not something that's long and drawn out, but also is more of a shock as well. So, yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, but um, so we feel feel for him and his family. But um, I know the big one that's affecting, I'd say, a wider audience on mass. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like the whole country at this point. I mean, like the, the trailer park boys, like that's sad, but like. This the other one's a little different kind well, of thing. Like it's a little bit of a bigger. And also, deal, he's I you guess. know, like I said, he was seventy two. Yeah. And unfortunately, Gord Downey also passed away uh, last night, as of this podcast on uh, October eighteenth. Um, but Mark, why don't you why don't you, why don't you, why don't you talk a little bit about it? Because Mark, th- this is hit one. This one hit Mark hard because he's always. We all know he's a hip fan, not just a hip yeah. fan, a Gord Downey fan. Yeah, I'm a fan of. Most Canadian music, lots of Canadian music. So, but yeah, the 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 hip um, were kind of a big deal. All right, kind of a big deal. Um, and Gord finally lost his battle against uh, glioblastoma last night at fifty three. Um, and I've been I've spent most of the day trying to figure out like what to say on the podcast because like I mean we've talked at length about like how big a hip fan I am and stuff like that and like it's obviously. It was it was a rough morning. Um, like I was pretty crushed when I saw the fucking news on the screen at work because that's pretty much how I found out was walking past a uh, a monitor and seeing it. Um, so, but like I've seen the hip like twelve times. They I grew up listening to their stuff. Um, Gord's one of those guys. Like when we do our top whatever artists, uh, the hip will probably be in my top five. Um, it's the kind of thing where. Uh, even if like a record was like I was lukewarm to it, I'd still go see them. I still bought all that stuff. I just put in an order to have all their fucking vinyl shipped to my house for five hundred bucks in a box set because I love their fucking music that much. Um, and it was like it's one of those. It's almost it was almost a family thing at this point where like I went all the time, but eventually it got to the point where the last couple of years, like my cousins and stuff, we would all go see the hip when the hip came around and all that kind of stuff. Um, and like we did an episode 
last year when they did their tour and that was on the eve of like Eric and I did that episode and we had just seen them together in Toronto, like the last Toronto show. And it was like a couple days before my cousin and I and his wife and his sister, like my other cousin all got in the car and like drove out to Kingston and did the last show and stuff like that. And that was a, a rough enough night just like being in the room for that. Cause I mean, it was fun and celebratory and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, this is the last time we're going to do this with the hip kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made all the more real. And I don't know if I've ever actually talked about this on the podcast. Cause we were all kind of emotional during the show and the girls were crying and stuff like that. But it was like afterwards um, we were at a bar and my sister had gone to see Pearl Jam. Uh, they did two nights at Wrigley's field that same weekend. And Eddie Vedder had mentioned Gord Downey because they'd met, obviously, touring and stuff like that. So on stage at Wrigley's, Eddie mentioned it. And that she'd sent me that, and I went and found the text. And my cousin and I were sitting in a bar in Kingston reading what Eddie wrote. And that's when it hit both of us. And there's two 35-year-old men crying into our beers kind of thing, like an hour after the show. But um, yeah, it was a weird... It was, it's been a weird day, so... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I actually, I messaged the boys this morning just to be yeah. like, I hope you're both okay. And that was how I how I found out about it. I, I hadn't been checking Facebook and stuff. Yeah, and I got to thank like a dozen people who messaged me to make sure that I hadn't shot myself or something like that. Like when they found out the news, like, we just, I just heard, are you okay? And I was like, cause I got the same reaction when Chris Cornell passed away at the beginning of the or like earlier in the year. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I actually I messaged you guys and my best friend Chris Martin, yeah. because um, from he Coldplay? is no. We've met, I think we I think we've made that joke before. <laughs> we've made that joke before. Yeah. Oh my god! But anyway, um, I messaged him because he is as big of, if not a bigger fan of the hip than Mark. I know blasphemy, yeah. but um, his band Cross well, Country there's, Canada. There's definitely- hmm? There's definitely like bigger hip fans yeah. than me, but yeah. like, I'm, I'm I'm a big hip yeah. fan. But like that, there's all there's there's people who are like they're they're their Pearl Jam, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's Pearl Jam's my band, so that's kind of that's fine. But well, yeah, the hip thing hit me like super hard, and like I don't know. I mean, we could we could do an ep- I know we've talked about doing an episode about like whatever, um, like definitive Canadian band or whatever, like that kind of thing. And I like, now I'm going to look like a real asshole on that. But I think at the end, like at the end of it, I think like, I don't think any, you could, whatever band you say, like you like that's Canadian or whatever like that. I think they all owe a giant debt to Gord Downing, the tragically hip. Like none of them probably would have had a career that was half as successful as it would have been if the hip hadn't been there and shown all of Canada that you can have a career more or less just working in Canada kind of thing. Cause they never broke anywhere else really. Yeah. It was just like border towns and minor Canada. crossover success in the U S yeah. Very minor crossover success. So yeah, it's like, it was a bummer yeah. of a day. So that's why I was saying, um, I was going to say my friend, Chris wrote Gord Downey when he was in high school talking about how much he loved music and how big of an influence Gord Downey was on him in the hip and how he and his band cross country Canada, who still play together today, like take a lot of influence from him. And Gord Downey wrote him back like this long yeah. letter just saying like, Hey man, just, I want you to keep with the, keep with music, even if you're struggling and you don't know if you're going to do it full time. Like you just got to keep playing and um, stay positive and you know, music is life and blah, blah, blah. And it was just this really beautiful, wonderful letter and I was just like, that's a, that is a kind, wonderful man that we have lost. 
Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that the prime minister definitely said mm-hmm. it. Like, he said it very well when he said, "Like, Canada's lesser now because he's gone." Mm-hmm. And like, I yeah. I don't disagree with that. He's done amazing things for musicians in Canada. He's done amazing things. Like, he's been working with the First Nations people this past year on the whole reparations thing, which I think they better fucking get their shit together and handle now because otherwise people are going to get pissed. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's it's impossible to deny that he was just a massive influence on Canadian music and that the hip in general were probably the, the band from our generation that resonated with the largest swath of Canada, I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, there, there are other bands that, you know, great Canadian bands out there, but like somewhere like Weaker Thans or Arcade Fire or somebody like that, while definitely had a wide appeal, was not as wide as yeah. hip and probably didn't appeal to like the sort of everyman blue collar. Yeah, and, and even bands that like you you that sold platinum like in the nineties, like like the stuff I still listen to, like Matthew Good and the Tea Party mm-hmm. and like I Mother Earth and Our Lady Peace and all that stuff, like the only reason those guys had a career was because they were able to kind of like ride the coattails of the hip. Mm-hmm. Like doing those edge fests, doing those roadside attraction tours. Like a lot of these bands open for the hip at some point or another here and there. You know what I mean? Like everybody got their shot kind of working with the hip and everybody was posting all day. Like the, the second post I saw after Alan Cross was Matthew good, like mm-hmm. pretty much just like, I don't know what to say kind of well, thing. He touched so, like, so many people. Well, if you, yeah. And it's like, if Matt doesn't know what to say, like very eloquent, like fucking great lyricist matthew good doesn't know what the fucking say at that point like i had to have i had nothing there you know what i mean like i was like okay i'm broken tooth i'm fine yeah. i'm good yeah so. i mean for me i fall somewhere between christy and mark in terms of my hip fandom like i, I would say <laughs> I, i'm gonna start uh sort of throw a term out there that i think i'm probably gonna end up using uh, a lot on our music episodes and stuff like that and say that the hip was sort of a greatest hits band for me I yeah. I've never like really got into their like full length albums and stuff like that, but they have so many amazing hits and uh, and there are some of their B sides that I enjoy, but I'm not like you know avid like own all their albums, have listened to every song they've ever done kind of thing. But I definitely yeah. have a massive amount of respect for them and uh, and yeah, like I said I definitely enjoy pretty much all of their singles and stuff like that and quite a few B sides as well. I think I listened to three quarters of their discography wow. today. Just I thought about that. it, but I just couldn't do it. Like I, I was, I know I had a bunch of stuff to get done, and I knew I wouldn't get it done if I did. Yeah, I ended up having to turn it off like a couple hours in because I was just like, I'm just way too depressed. So yeah. fuck this. So I'm gonna turn it off and put a podcast on. Yeah, and I will say my uh, my drink for this week. Uh, I was gonna like maybe try and do like a cocktail uh, that was sort of somehow related to our meat of the episode, but feel like gourd uh is just was just a straight up like normal beer guy so i'm drinking yeah. drinking beer for gourd tonight i've got uh actually a couple october or uh october festy german beers uh uh spot and pilsner and no canadian, uh, an october fest beer no i didn't have any canadian uh sitting around the house so i'm guessing that wasn't be the beer he would uh, drink because it's kind of shady but uh he, he there, there's <laughs> yeah. a, there's at least I've seen them twice where they were sponsored by Molson and he kind of beat one of them. So that's probably (laughs) okay. But you ever go to a show or like an outdoor place and like they had the big fucking inflatable Molson Canadian can Mm -hmm. outside of a bar. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a, I was at a Matthew. I think it was a Matthew good show. I was at where Matt demanded that we fucking tear it down (laughs) and we we did. So, (laughs) and then Matt probably got charged for it. Yeah. He, I'm pretty sure he had, he said on the, on his, uh, 
um, it was Twitter, but I think it was like on the website the next day that he had to fucking pay for that. <laughs> it was worth it to see it fucking topple over. Yeah, good times. Well, good times. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was, it's, it's a sad day. So like, I don't know. I don't, all I've seen all day is like the same post keeps popping up with that shirt that says it looked up to the gourd above and said, oh. hey man, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty much where I want to, where I want to leave it. So I'm going to miss you, Gord. The so, last thing I'll go. say about it is that yeah. this is one of those times when, um, I, I appreciate that we can recognize that when you lose a celebrity, it's okay to mourn them, to actually like feel mournful that they're gone like not like in the same way that you might a family member um but in a really like in a way that you lost a friend you know what i mean well i saw something today that was like the reason why we mourn especially like uh a musician particularly like why i would mourn a musician isn't particularly because like we knew them but because through their music Mm -hmm. they helped us know ourselves that's a lovely way of putting it and i was like that's that's a pretty good way of putting it so definitely like yeah, I grew up a lot with the hips, so there's there's definitely some stuff in there that helped me kind of get mm-hmm. get to know myself better. So, and like also like the uh, and I was gonna, I wrote this down but didn't say it, but like the first fucking concert I drove to myself, like out of town kind of thing, was to see the Tragically Hip. So like I've seen them a dozen times, probably a little bit more than that. Like it was something that we did with the family. Like I have like an indelible, completely burned in my brain memory of that being in Kingston for that last show, and like. The the pre like the preamble to it like the drive up and like wandering around Kingston that day where everybody was some like having fun but kind of in a daze and like getting to the show and getting in and sweating my ass off and sitting through the three hour show and being on TV and all that weird stuff that happened and like going out after and everybody's crying in the streets and shit and people are bawling in the fucking auditorium and it was just like yeah that that show is gonna stick with me forever like I'll take that one. Well, yeah, I think like, that it was a, my a, end, so. just an absolutely amazing idea for him to be like, no, I'm going on one last tour. Oh, I was like, that's that. Yeah, yeah. that blows me away to this day is the fact that he actually like took and like they did. God fucking damn it. They must have done 20 shows. Like, that's a lot of fucking touring for somebody with that condition. Like, and he never missed a show. They every show was longer than two hours. Like it was a cre- and like the sets were nuts. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was awesome. I mean, the two things are one that at least people did sort of get a chance to say goodbye. Like yeah. it was, you know, everybody knew it was coming and, and, uh, uh, you know, people that were probably more prepared for it than they would have been if it just kind of came out of nowhere. Well, yeah, this, this one, like it hit me hard, but like, it wasn't as like, I'm not as like, it didn't feel like I got kicked in the fucking face. Like when Cornell died, like yeah. that, like that was like getting hit in the head with a shovel. Like I was not expecting that yeah. whatsoever. Um, so. And then, I mean, the other thing to say is that the hip has said that they're not necessarily dead, right? That they're, yeah. you know, he, he was probably the heart of that band, but there's definitely still a soul in that band. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the other members had a lot of creative input and stuff like that into it, although Gord was like, you know, the... Well, the, he was the lyricist. Yeah, he was the lyricist. Um, but I mean, there's a lot in the musicality of the hip that will yeah. still live on. So let's let's not mourn the hip, yeah. let's just mourn Gordy. I'd love to see, and I and I and I've been. I think I've been speculating for like most of the years to who I would like to see. Like, because I, I don't want them to ever do anything as the tragically hip again. But like to see that band go and work with somebody else, I, I would be mm-hmm. incredibly curious to be like, oh, he, they're going to go tour with Neil Young for twelve dates. Like, I would that would fucking blow my mind. Like, yeah, be yeah. So, well, 
I'm just glad there's like there's lots to celebrate with a man like that. It's it's mournful for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully they'll they'll open the vaults and like put all the live shows that they have stored up because they're as notorious as Pearl Jam for taping their shows and kind of putting them in the vault. Because there's there's six or seven that you can get, but I'm hoping they'll just like the floodgates will open now and get like lots of fucking hip bootlegs because there's 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 Gord on record and then there's Gord live and they were two very different beasts and he was something to see yeah. live so yeah and it would be nice to be able to pile through some shows that maybe I've been to or maybe I hadn't been to or whatever but yeah it would be um, awesome so. yeah. Well, you know what? Like, I'm glad we I'm glad we talked about it because I think we'll have to devote a whole episode to, uh, you know, not a whole episode, but a big chunk to the hip and um, other Canadian artists. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think when we when we do that definitive Canadian artist, that's going to turn. That we're, we're, Are we you may sure that's to, who you're going to pick, Mark? I'm not. We may actually have to just like disclude the hip because otherwise <laughs> it's going to turn into a like Tim and I will never speak. Like, again, can we just all that. agree that it's either Celine Dion or the Bare Naked Ladies? I'm never gonna buy Sloan as a bigger fucking band than like in a It's not. I oh, I think we, we gotta frame it as like personal, uh, personal, yes, yeah, yeah. Per- personal, like definitive Canadian band. Yeah, and even then, like I don't think the hit would have been my personal one. It, like if you ask me today, then yes, but I mean regularly, maybe not. Yeah, so. yeah, All but right. they're up there, one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when we do, we do that top five favorite bands of all t- or, or artists of all time. They'll be in that. They'll mm-hmm. be in the running for that for me for sure. Mm. So, nice. All right. Well, why don't we? Uh, why don't we get to the news? We're gonna get to the news, and I think Tim and I do. We have a. We have a. We don't have a news sting, do we? No, not yet. Not usually, because we just kind of ro- sixty-six <laughs> episodes in. I'm like, wait, do we have a news? We just, we just usually just kind of roll into it as part of the uh, the preamble. So. <laughs> Should we be like, now it's time for the news? No, that's terrible. No, let's don't just, do that. No. That. I'm going to veto. As, as the person who doesn't that. do this thing, I'm vetoing that. That one's bad. Oh, uh, you don't want me to every week go, now it's time for the news? No. All right, no, no, fine. No. Fine. You don't want to take that sound bite? That's on you. So, um, that, was, that was gold, anyway. gold. I might cut out, out the fact that you did that already. So. <laughs> You're not going no. to, unless you do, in which case I probably Chris, you're just going to have to keep doing that throughout the whole episode now, so that he'll just... No, it's time. Hold she'll, never, she'll, never, she'll never know if I do cut it out anyway. She doesn't listen to the fucking podcast. No, it's time. Hold the news. <laughs> Jesus. All right. This let's is do devolving the quickly. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start with the, the random uh, news that I found first. Did you guys know? That Japan is using Sailor Moon to help ward off the battle with syphilis. <laughs> what? What the, fuck? What, what the fuck, Japan? Yeah. Uh, we should. You know what? Like, I know they okay. do that on Hollywood Babylon. I feel like that should be a segment on our show too, because there's got to be <laughs> enough for right. Japan to go around. Yeah. Like, there's got to be enough to WTF? go around. Yeah. The fuck, Japan? We're just stealing this bit from you, Kevin Smith. WTFJ? All- <laughs> yeah. I just want you to explain how they're using Sailor Moon in great detail, please. Yeah, in detail. Okay, here we go. So about a year ago, um, Japan started using Sailor Moon to empower women to start using condoms like more often and trying to um, kind of push them to practice safer sex. And they thought, you know, with the backing of Sailor Moon, who's like, hey, use condoms. <laughs> like um, when the tentacles they, come, you should put a condom on it? Is that what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
But those, anyway, those so what happens is that didn't just work. But the problem is that Japan is just rampant with syphilis because they don't talk about STDs um, or STIs. And it's funny because they, they uh, apparently a majority of Japanese people think that um, every American has AIDS because that's kind of the propaganda that is uh, spread around um, when you talk about um, sexual health. Where are you getting this news? Um, <laughs> I'm geek.com. Okay. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, and that's not all Japanese people. It's, it's mostly just um, the more, I guess, conservative excuse me, types that uh, don't want to teach about safe sex because they don't want to talk about sex in general. So anyway, um, in this commercial that I found, um, Sailor Moon uh, is supposed to be empowering young women to stave off syphilis in the name of the moon or she'll punish the syphilis. Wait, she'll punish the syphilis? I, the, translation was weal- the translation was weird. It's, she either punished the syphilis or someone's going to get punished i.e. maybe the women, so it's a little confusing. But anyway, uh, the hope is that this is just going to help women fight syphilis and like start practicing safer sex. Uh, I'll have to see if I can find the commercial again to show it to you because it's, it's something else. <laughs> so um, there's that. Um, the other uh, kind of random news, uh, I had a couple pieces, but... Um, EA is shutting down Visceral Games. Yeah, I heard that yesterday. That's crazy. What? Yeah, what so they're the ones behind Dante's Inferno, oh, okay. Battlefield, Hardline, and Dead Space. They did the Dead Space series, yeah. Which huh. Yes. And they were taking on the new Star Wars title. Actually, the um, the woman that left uh, Naughty Dog that wrote Uncharted 4 before they... What's her name? I can't remember her name now. She was the original scripter for Uncharted three and four, I believe. She was working on that game, and now she's kind of out too. So nobody, it's it's been a weird. Oh, Amy Henning. That's her. Yeah, Hennig. that's her. Yeah. So I don't know if she's been kept on or not, but she was um, actively writing the uh, that Star Wars game, and that would have been cool. An Uncharted Star Wars. I would have been like, yeah. Well, even just having her in space, it'd just be nice to have a fucking writer for caliber working on a game like a Star Wars game. Period. You know what I mean? Because. Mm-hmm fucking good writers so yeah it's hard to find those um for shitty companies anyway um yay right there's that apparently the new star wars title though is being picked up by ea worldwide studios yeah they've diverted the vancouver base yeah they've diverted the main like focus of the the development to the vancouver ea studio so Mm -hmm. which is really weird they want to like completely change it too, because I guess it was supposed to be more like a single player kind of like campaign yeah. game. And now I, the rumor going around from what I've heard this week was that it was going to be kind of moved into a division or Destiny-esque kind of like, uh, what do you call it? Like a MOBA, I guess, like a massive online like shooter kind of thing. So uh. yeah, which kind of bums me out because I would have rather have like a nice linear scripted single player game. But all this, well, multi- all this multiplayer like insanity it just doesn't do anything for me so yeah yeah it's going to be more uh geared towards a multiplayer friendly atmosphere yeah which bums me out because like give us a star wars game like um remember that one that came out a few years ago that was amazing force, force unleashed force unleashed yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that was good that was yeah. quality 
Yeah, that was like, was that PS2 or 3, though? Like, that was a long the time. The first ago. Force Unleashed Three. game, I think, yeah, it might have been PS2. Yeah. Because then, then there was a second one as well. That might have yeah. been. But it wasn't very I just, good. Like, they already have, my problem is they already have Battlefront. So, like, doing another online game, I'm like, oh, fuck why? off. Like, I don't know. I didn't. I just spent a lot. Like I think I played Battlefront like three times with like Eric. I think, and that was it. And I was just like, yeah, this is not for me. It was just like a big like dungeon of shooting. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, don't care. So yeah. Well, anyway, so there's uh there's that, and we'll see what happens. This made me a bit nervous about what might happen with a smaller company. Like, um, I mean, Bioware is not small, but the fact that they're shutting down this, you know, Visceral Games, I was like, oh, yeah. leave Mass Effect's team alone. Even though they need wow. a kick in the ass because of her shitty injury, we're not talking about Mass Effect this week. Christina. Yeah, no, but like the also the thing is too, like you gotta you gotta look at like how many people that were involved with Mass Effect One were involved with Mass Effect with with, with Andromeda, with Andromeda right? like, yeah, yeah, because like those teams move around, like those guys move around yeah. like crazy all the time. Because like even I was listening to a podcast today talk, talking about this thing, and like the, the first thing they all say is like the first two Dead Space games, which were fucking phenomenal. And I'm like, yeah, but like the the first thing they say is like, like, ha- like none, nobody who was involved with that first game or second game are probably still with Visceral. Like they probably moved on and stuff like that already. Because I know the director for them, I think he's working for Rockstar now. So, which I guess if yeah. you, if you have the choice of any place to go, like it's a pretty good place to go. Pretty much like unlimited budget if you don't mind just working on Red Dead or GTA. So, yeah. Well, anyway, um, I don't want to talk about Mass Effect, so we're gonna move on. Um, <laughs> So, uh, apparently, um, Doom and Skyrim proved that the, sw- the Switch is a pretty rad machine. So, those are things to try. Uh, apparently, the game Wait. mechanics, even at 30 FPS, are pretty good. Uh, is Doom out? Just the graphics are, yeah. like, it, it can handle it kind of thing? It can handle it. Well, to be fair, Skyrim is, like, two generations old now. Because that came out mm-hmm. on PS3 originally. So, I hope the Switch could run it. Uh, and the, the Doom port, like, that... The, that engine that they're building the Doom and Wolfenstein games on right now is notoriously, like, they're super fine-tuned for optimization. Mm. So, like, it's really easy for them to just, like, plop that game into different hardware and have it run really well, really easily. So... Well, that's the hope. I don't know. It's the that's fact the that hope, it actually yeah. apparently works is is the... On what's essentially a handheld console. Is, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I've heard good things about the Doom port. So, like, I, and that game's fucking awesome. Like, I played it on PS4. So much yeah. fucking fun. I haven't played it because um, I think so I'd poop. Well, I was just going to say, because they're also dumping uh, Wolfenstein 2 is also coming out for Switch, which is like a new game on a new engine, like a new version of that engine. And like it's coming out not day and date, but like pretty close because Wolfenstein is due out uh, on the 27th of October. Yeah, it's the, it's due out the same day as Mario Odyssey. Um, so And the alt-right is not happy about a game that features oh. killing Nazis, which is just basically showing their hand, right? Like, yeah, like we're not not. Nazis, but we hate this game that is all about killing Nazis. Yeah. Because, yeah, Nazis. Because Nazis aren't so bad. We're not them, but they're not bad. Yeah. We just use their slogans and hand signals and flags. I, yeah. I saw that shit on Twitter that the day they and their language. The first, like the Yeah. 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 When they put up the first, uh, or it wasn't the, like, it was like the release trailer for Wolfenstein and like people, it was like punch a Nazi and people started getting up in arms, like the, the alt-right guys got up in arms. I was like, like, just like, just burn it down and start from scratch, America. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, no, you will not replace us. Like, fuck. <laughs> like, unbelievable. Uh, I can't. I can't. It just, we're not going to talk about that. Anyway, Doom. So it's good on the PS, on the, on the Switch and so Skyrim. 
Switch is killing it, man. Like I'm fucking super stoked for that system right now. I just I'm I'm glad to see that um I really like the Switch. Mark brought one home. It's not garbage host 3.5. Thank you for my pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you got you got janky hands. What he doesn't like it? No, he doesn't like it. I don't think he's given it a good enough chance yet. He's literally the only person I've heard that says they don't like that. He just he, his hands are too big. My hands the, are big too, and I'm fine. I know, I know. Apparently, this is a thing. Apparently, apparently, he doesn't like it. He just needs to give it. He needs to give it a chance. Anyway, I don't understand how his hands can be so much bigger than mine. He's half my size. So. <laughs> yeah, but he's got nice hands. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Dick McFingers. <laughs> I didn't need to hear any of so that. So did you guys hear that there's this new <laughs> Pikachu Pokemon movie called Detective Pikachu that wants Dwayne the Rock Johnson to play Detective Pikachu? And also Ryan Reynolds is on. And in, also in like, Hugh Jackman. At, I don't see Hugh doing voice work, but. He has, though. Dwayne, I've seen do voice work, and I'm in for that. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's done a number of voices. For what? Did you ever see Happy Feet? Probably not. No. Oh, he was he wasn't great in it, but he wasn't bad. Um, <laughs> really sold it there. Yeah, yeah. But he's done he's done quite a few voices. Um, actually, Mark uh, Mark Wahlberg is in the mix there too, and um, oh, he's the only one who's never lent his voice to a cartoon character before. Yeah. Hey, go. How's your mother? Yeah, they're saying like, wouldn't it be funny to have Pikachu with a thick like Boston, Boston accent, accent and yeah. an attitude? You know, like, yeah. hey, I'm Pikachu. What, you hey, think you're better than me? That's yeah. Jersey, but... You got, a, you got a nice bulb on your back there, Bulbasaur. Your your voices are both deeper than the way Mark Wahlberg talks. It's more like... <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I can't even do it, but I know it's like it's much higher pitched than that. <laughs> I sat through the new Transformers movie. It was not good. Not... I won't see those anymore. Good. <laughs> but anyway, this uh, this Pikachu movie, um, it's a game, apparently. Uh, and it follows a peculiar talking Pikachu who, despite not being as powerful and nimble as other Pikachu of his kind, is rather intelligent and claims to be a great detective. One day, Pikachu encounters a boy named Tim Goodman, who is able to understand what he is saying. Thus, the two begin working together to solve various mysteries revolving around Pokemon in the city. Ah, good old <laughs> Tim Goodman. I'm super in for a, a Tim uh, slash rock crossover movie. Um, that sounds like my hardest wettest dream of all time <laughs> <laughs> only if i dock with the <laughs> fuck the rock goddamn right dock the rock uh, dock the rock <laughs> i think we just started a hashtag, <laughs> hashtag dock the rock. i like it <laughs> anyway <laughs> i think that'd be very friendly family friendly no probably not but Still, I'm all for I'm all for the rock playing everything at this point. There was there's an old bit that Kevin Smith used to say about like Affleck where he he thinks Affleck could play anything like including the shark and jaws. <laughs> I I feel that way about the rock. Like I just want him in everything. So I'm fine with this. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it'll it'll get me to watch a Pokemon movie, which I've never <laughs> seen anything ever. So True. But I'll watch that if Rock's in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all the news I have. Um, do you guys do you guys have anything else to contribute? I think that's a pretty good. We that's probably our shortest news that we've done in a while. So there were a couple big trailers the past uh, couple mm. weeks that we didn't talk about. Actually, yes, I didn't talk about those because I haven't watched them because I'm I don't want to have spoilers. Yeah. So I haven't watched Black Panther or the new Star Wars. 
Nope. I just, yeah, I'm with Tim. I'm not interested. I don't want to see it. I don't want to be spoiled. So, so now we're going to be that podcast where we don't even talk about just the trailers for a anymore. Just for a couple. <laughs> I don't All want right. to see the new Star Wars. It's second trailers, I think, right? Like, I, I yeah. watched the first trailer for Last Jedi. I watched the first tra- uh, trailer for Black Panther because those are usually a little more teasery. They just show mm-hmm. you sort of the feel of the movie without giving away too much and showing like a lot of. Uh, potential like plot moments and stuff like that and second trailers tend to get a little bit too into that for me so i'm i'm just i'm I'm making it my policy for now like if it comes on like if i go see a movie and one comes on it's not like i'm gonna fucking run out of the theater but i'm not gonna bother going out of my way to watch one <laughs> just be like ah, no yeah but um just being waiting in the fucking, corner doing la 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 yeah. la 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 speaking yeah. of, fucking fingers in his speaking ears. of going to see movies in the theater it's fucking killing me right now that i haven't seen blade runner yet because i was on oh, okay good no. i'm so glad i'm not alone because i was gonna no, go the see three of us haven't i think i'm I gonna go see it tomorrow yeah i'm gonna go this weekend i have to go this weekend yeah, yeah. i think mark and i are too but i i finally watched the first one with mark oh yeah what were your thoughts <sighs> <laughs> chris is about to disappoint us Here's I knew you thing. weren't going to like it. I can appreciate it for the absolute monstrosity of the film must have been at the time that it was produced. Um, I think the cinematography was phenomenal. I yeah. think the use of lighting and sound and color was real cool. Their miniature work, astounding. I don't like films that follow that kind of jaunted narrative. So you don't like film noir then? Um, <laughs> no, with film noir... Okay, here's the thing. I heard that had I seen the cut that had Harrison Ford narrating, I would have liked it better. Well, mm-hmm. I hate that cut. But I... That's the, the final cut? No, the, the narration's the original theatrical cut. Oh, okay. The final cut's the like the last, last one that... Because there's a director's cut that was yeah. like made from I watched the, Scott's notes. That's the one that I own and that I watched uh, this past week. The final cut is the one that actually Ridley Scott like sat cut. in the editing bay and reworked. Yeah, like he actually did that one. So that's the one I watched last week. Yeah. That's the one I saw. That's the one I prefer. Like that's my the one I like the best. So <sighs> it's just I get that it was supposed to be like, you know, Casablanca in space almost. Um well, not in, space, on in the in the future. Or on yeah. Earth, sorry, yeah. but like futurized. <laughs> and I, I mean Earth I really is liked, in space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing I really liked was that everything was new, but technically everything's old. in space. I think we talked about that with with Paul, um, maybe, but uh, I think it was Paul. But um, I just—it was one of those movies that I know had I watched when it first came out, if I was of the age that it was appropriate for me to see it, I would have really like cherished it and felt a stronger bond to it. But I don't think it holds up that well story-wise, like. Harrison Ford, this was one of his worst acting, um, acted films I'd ever seen. Mm. I know, I hear you. He didn't have a ton to work. Like, it, it was just... Yeah, it's... It wasn't his best. I, I, could, I could probably see that. And also, also, um, I don't like that part where he grabbed the... Sean Young? Yeah, I don't like the part where he forced her to make out with him and then have sex. Well, he asked her, though. He, he said, ask to. me to kiss you. He forced her because he was like, kiss me. And she was like, ah. And he was like, kiss me. And then grabbed her face. And then he was like, now ask me to kiss you. And she was like, oh, no. She was peer pressured into it. <laughs> she was peer pressured. And I get, that's why I said it was very Humphrey Bogart of him. 
because that was very yeah. Casablanca at the end, you know, with the the big kiss and the. Um, I was about to say, Franklin, my dear, I don't give a damn. That's a different movie. But um, Franklin, my dear, I'm going to get on that movie. plane. But, um, <laughs> it was to me. It just. I, again, I maybe I was just missing some of the subtler nods to genre, and I thought Daryl Hannah was kick-ass in it, and so was Edgar or Edgar Edgar Rucker Howard. Rucker Howard, not Edgar. Rucker Howard. Edward James was also uh, Edward James almost is fucking awesome in it too. In it. Yeah, but he's he's really but he's he's a presence yeah, he's in what awesome. he is. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about him to be perfectly honest. That creepy, those creepy uh, contacts. Yeah. And all the weird, like, language blending he does in there and all that cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Admiral. I just found he was a forgettable character. Holy shit, really? Yep. Did we watch the same movie? I feel like we didn't watch and the same movie. And this is what he's saying. <laughs> I don't appreciate it in the same way someone who watched it when it first came out would. Well, I didn't watch it when it first came out. How old were you, though? Yeah. I'm, me, now? I'm 37, six is this the first in, time like, you've seen it? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, how was it the first time when I saw it? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I was probably, I probably saw it when I was like in my teens, like so mid mid nineties or yeah, something. Okay, like so when it was still like, and even at that point, it was still it was still amazing for its time. But I I can understand where yeah, it was still twenty years old by then. Too. Uh, not quite. Like May fifteen. Like I, I I can see yeah. where you're coming from. Like the the thing is, you've seen so much stuff that drew from that at this point that it's not no. as outstanding as it was. When it first came out, because you're like, well, I've seen stuff like this before. Whereas when it came out, or even like 15 years after it came out, there was very little other stuff that was sort of drawing on it to that extent. Yeah, you're just really starting to see like the influence it was going to have on cinema, like maybe 10 or 15 years after the yeah. fact. Or like you've seen so much stuff, because like so much now is derivative of mm-hmm. the original Blade Runner, um, like in sci fi mm-hmm. and genre, and like even the superhero movies like tend to kind of pull some of the iconography yeah. out of that. Um, so like, I guess if you've seen a lot of stuff that has pulled and a lot of genre does pull from Blade Runner, I guess seeing the original for the first time would be like, huh, it's not as interesting as like when I saw it at 14 and it blew my fucking mind. So yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's not that I don't appreciate what it has done for cinema and what it, the pathways it opened up for film and I can recognize what they are, but I didn't enjoy it. But I f- have a feeling that I'll enjoy the new one. Because Ryan Gosling? So, no. Actually, he's, I know he's handsome, but he's never been my favorite. Canadian, too. I know, but I I'll always love Jonathan Crombie as Gilbert Blythe. And... Oh, this is, oh, no, that's about? my geek of the week. It's my geek of the week. Never mind. We don't need to talk about it. It's fine. I'm just having. I'm really confused. Yeah, I'm, gonna, do that. That, that I'm, I'm having an Anna Green Gables, like, oh. I'm having an Anna Green Gables callback, and he was. Jonathan Crabbe was Gilbert Blythe and Anna Green Gables, and he was Canadian. He was an actor, and I prefer him over all other American or Canadian mm, actors. Okay. As Gilbert. Anyway, this was off topic. I'm just having a crisis every year. I have this crisis. That'll be part of my Geek of the Week, too. But um, I have two more things really quick before we move on. Okay. One, are we, we probably should mention, we were just kind of talking about Star Wars. We should probably mention that the Han Solo movie got a name that is a little on the nose. The stupid that fucking title is terrible. <laughs> it's so it? it's solo a stun a Star Wars story. They should have called it something like twins. <laughs> what? Just to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be contrarian. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that I mean that's kind of what we had been calling it anyways. Was like the Han Solo solo movie. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I mean, I guess it sort of makes sense. But yeah, that that happened. Um, I'm not Lame. that I'm not that mad at it. Uh, and then the other one, uh, it's like we're not, we're not all in the bag for that movie. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, like, like we're all going to see that fucking thing. So, um, the other one, uh, is that, uh, the Punisher is sort of getting nebulous in terms of its, uh, release date. Cause at this point, like we would have had a release date probably if not for the Las Vegas shooting. Yeah. And so right now they're like netflix and marvel are like okay what the fuck do we do with this uh you know whole entire season that is about a character who's like all about fucking guns so yeah uh, they have to wait yeah so i don't know I, th- I think we'll probably still end up getting it in like november or something like that at some point but see here's my thing like if you wait you're just gonna end up with another shooting yeah. sometime because like, america the the unfortunate reality is that yeah exactly like because america like the, the, like how long do they like it's they probably had a mass shooting since fucking vegas they probably had 15 of them yeah. you know what i mean like like maybe not to that fucking scale but like i'm sure somebody three or four people have gotten shot in a group a since mass then. shooting is more is four or more i believe is it four yeah. or more yeah so it's what well, some government agency decided it's well it's probably probably the feds like the yeah, fbi it's right? true but like you gotta have some when it's something that massive that caused that big of an impact what what fucking impact it won't have any fucking impact like it's already a week later nobody's talking about it what yeah like yeah he's right like nobody's like it's already it's already out of the news cycle like nobody gives a shit anymore but they'll give a shit if you give them something like the punisher yeah Mm. i doubt it that's fine just give them just just show them another wolfenstein thing they'll get pissed (laughs) about that anyway Um, What's your last piece? Uh, that, it? that was more or less it. Did it well, there was a big uh, nerdy. Well, I mean, all games are kind of nerdy, but uh, the new um, uh, Lord of the Rings game came out, and it's been getting a lot of press and a lot of people talking about it. The sequel to uh, was it Shadow Shadow of War? Uh, Shadow of War came out, and uh, apparently, it's got a lot of crazy shit in it. I still need to play Shadow of Mordor. Good game. You you'll like it. It's rev- the the new game's reviewing well. There's some loot box controversy that's just been kind of floating around the gamer kind of like sphere the last couple of weeks. But um it's also apparently underselling, like it's not selling as well as WB was hoping mm. for. Um because they put a lot of money into like at the ad campaign yeah. for it and it's not selling particularly. Yeah, when we well. were in New York, we were seeing like ads in it in the fucking subway and shit yeah. like that. Like it was really heavily marketed. Well, that's their big game for this year. Apparently, they dumped more money into advertising this game than they did uh, Arkham Knight, mm. which, like, that's fucking Batman. So I can only imagine what the, the ad budget on that was. But, like, the problem is, like, because of the way the Tolkien stuff works, they can't call the game Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So it's, like, a, it's just, like, it just looks like generic fantasy. Yeah. If you're not familiar with the fact that it's, like, set in... The Middle the, Earth means Lord the Middle of the Middle Earth. Rings. I... I literally almost called it the Tolkien verse. <laughs> I, need, I need some sleep, I think. Yeah, and I mean, from everything that I'm hearing from being around a lot of Tolkien nerds, uh, both my wife and others, um, it's the story itself is just like fucking like so tenuously related to anything that is actually considered like real Tolkien, like Middle Earth lore. Um, yeah. Like it's basically like pretty much fan fiction. 
kind of thing yeah. and takes a lot of liberties. That being said, it looks really cool. Uh, yeah. So it's something I might I, I would like to play someday. I don't know when the fuck I'll actually have time to play it. I liked uh, I liked Shadow of Mordor enough to play through it once. I will play through like, but I I bought it on sale, so I will wait till this this I, this I'm that's the kind of game where I'm not like I'm not running out and paying eighty bucks for it. Yeah. It's not the fractured butthole, so <laughs> can't wait for that. Uh, which I oh, I, I it's, it's already downloaded. It's on my PS4. That's my weekend this weekend. Is like that. It's like apparently it's an eight to fifteen wait, hour campaign. I'm like fractured butthole has been it. released. Yeah, it's a, it was up yesterday or today. Why are we podcasting right now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually angry because I was like, oh, I'm going to play fucking Fractured Butthole tonight. And then I was like, oh, Christy, you wanted to record tonight. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So I won't get a chance to touch it till the weekend, but I'm fucking excited. I heard apparently this is like, it's fucking spectacularly good. So yeah, I, well, I haven't played any of it, so I can't spoil anything. I'm just saying I've, all the reviews have been fucking glowing. So I'm excited. I'm so excited. It's just that time. It's just that time of year now where you're just like, if you don't slog through every game that comes out, it's just like wait till January and you have a nice pile to play. So I'm pretty excited because between that and like, well, like South Park is this week, and then it's like I don't know. There's something else next week. So like South Park and Lord of the Rings or whatever is this week, and then like I think it's like there's something next week that's not. I think all the NBA like the 2K games come out next week, like all the sports games, and then the week. Yeah, exactly. And then the week after though, like the 27th which is my birthday, is like the new Assassin's Creed, Wolfenstein 2, and Mario Odyssey. It's just like, mm. yeah, good. And two of those two of those games, like, I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to play mm-hmm. through eventually. So. Shut up and take my Mario money. Odyssey, I'm like, yeah, pretty much Mario Odyssey is already pre-ordered. I'm fucking stoked. It looks amazing. <laughs> you were all like, this game looks terrible. Why is he in the real world? Yeah, because what that's all they showed us was the stupid <laughs> real world stuff. As soon as they started showing, like, the rest of it, I was like, all right, it's a Mario game. I'm in. Let's do this. So. <laughs> nice. All right, so shall we move on to Geek of the Week? Sure. Let's do that. All right, let's do this thing. Ready, Tim? I'm ready. Geek of the Week. Geek, 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 geek. I feel like we should do like a Zelda tune with it. Geek, 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 geek. <laughs> geek, 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 geek. Oh, sorry, it's I think it's Epona. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is Epona's song. You're right. Sorry, it's Epona. Isn't that just the village? Well, on the ocarina, it's called Saria's song. And it makes the it makes the Goron dance. It does. Oh God, that's my one of my favorite parts of that game is playing the song for him because then his dance. I I made up a little like some lyrics to his dance because he starts like dancing where he's throwing his elbows back, so it's like elbow throws, elbow throws. <laughs> <laughs> now I spin yeah. around Anyways. in a little circle. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk geek of the week, guys. Throw some geeky stuff at me, Mark. Why don't you start us off? What was the geekiest thing you did this week? Um, I started. I'm re- like. <sighs> I have bought and started to play Axiom Verge. Oh, three times now. It. The fuck is that? Apparently, a pretty cool game. Um, it is an awesome like Metroidvania style game mm. that has been out for like ever. Did you just make but a portmanteau came- out of Metroid and Castlevania? I did not just make it. It's that's been that that's been going around for a long time. Okay. Yeah, that's that's actually like a style of game now. They that's what they call these kinds of games is Metroidvania. Games. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. 
Uh, yeah, but I it just came out on Switch last week. So I've been playing it again, and I'm actually like making progress and playing through it, and it is a really fucking cool game, and it's really nice to be able to just kind of like pick it up off the dock and just wander around playing Axiom Verge. So, um, yeah, like I definitely, if you haven't played it yet, I mean, at this point, it's two or three years old, and if you're into that kind of game, you probably picked it up. But I, it's it's awesome that it's on the Switch. It's such like a Nintendo style game to have, so I was it feels like the right console to play it on. So I've been I've been trying to peel through that. It is. Very difficult and pretty intense. Um, the other thing, I played Cuphead, Christy. I bought C- Cuphead for uh, Xbox. Like that game looks so much fun. Hard as hell. It is. It's fucking cool as shit. It is hard as yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's though. what I've heard. It is super hard. It's like the old, you'll, well, oh, sorry. Mark's the uh, the Contra guy. Mark must oh. love it. Because like, it's Contra must, hard. It's Nintendo hard. It, well, it's that style of like side-scrolling shooter, yeah. too. Like, it's, it's very much that kind of thing. It is. But it's so fucking cool looking. Like as a as like a visual artist, like it's like especially as an illustrator, like kind of into animation, like mm-hmm. plays with it. Like it is the coolest fucking looking game. Oh, like yeah, I've unbelievable. Seen this year. Like it's amazing. All- I want to cool. play it just as a Disney fan. I like that all the characters like yeah. bounce. Well, when you come, yeah, like everything's like everything's always moving. It's so silky smooth. Like it's got to be like I don't Everybody's know. Everybody's always got these huge like expressive faces. Yeah, everything is so fucking cool. Squash and stretch animation all over Amazing. the place. And when you when you come up for uh, for Christmas, Tim, we'll we'll put it on the big screen. You can like whip through a couple levels. Paul was playing it uh, before he left. He was just like, I had to fucking delete a save game because the little prick like <laughs> played for like three hours on me, and I was like, <laughs> I haven't, I barely touched the thing. So it's so good. Yeah, it's really cool. It's just it is crushingly fucking hard. Though, so. Oh my god. And I've seen people like friends of mine that are like posting memes that are like, "Thought you were good at video games, and it's Cuphead yeah. being like, f- like flipping off or something." I know I'm not fucking that good at video games, and like I was just like, I am ready to pitch this fucking seventy dollar <laughs> Xbox controller at the fucking TV right now. Oh yeah, no, I I haven't Holy played it. Shit. Mark plays it. Yeah, I watched him lose to a boss yeah. forty five times. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah, still like yeah. was like. I will persevere. And I was like, why are you doing this to yourself? He's like, because this is what video games used to be. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing. It's like, it feels like such a throwback. I mean, it's way prettier than everything, anything we ever got to play in the 16 bit era or anything like that, but, or eight bit era more accurately. Cause it's like that old school kind of Nintendo hard, like eight bit hard, but it is, it's just so much fun to play. And it's so cool to look at that. You're just kind of like, yeah, I'll die again. Just so that I can kind of, fuck around with this and watch it for a little bit longer like as a fan of anim- like that old hand-drawn kind of animation s- stuff I'm, I, I'm like this is so fucking cool like and the fact that it plays so well too like it's never and it never like when you die it never feels like it's your fault you're, or it never feels like you want to blame the game it's always like yeah that was me that's because I fucking suck and I just don't know how to do this I'm gonna I'm gonna try again so I get where Mark's coming from being like I'm gonna play through the same fucking boss 45 times <laughs> I can't do that, but like, if given the kind of gamer that he is, I totally understand where he's coming from. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I will. He I, he hasn't beaten it yet, but he's gotten pretty close. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know a couple of people who've beaten it. And I'm just like, you're you're a better fucking more patient person than I am. Because <laughs> Christ, I can do like a half an hour of it, and then I'm just like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm about to throw this fucking like four hundred dollar console against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was it. I've been I've been doing a little gaming for the last little while, and I'm excited. Like 
ramping up for uh, South Park this week, and then Mario soon enough. So I'm Mario, I'm fucking stoked for. Like, I'm so fucking excited for Mario. But yeah, no, I'm I'm like super pumped to play um, Fractured Butthole. I'm just gonna make myself a black woman and make it as hard as possible oh my on God. me. So, you play Cuphead version of Fractured Butthole. <laughs> yeah, pretty Fractured much. Cuphead. Exactly. We were talking about Tim's new Geek of the Week. Yeah, so I have been gone a couple weeks, well, a week or so, because uh, I was on vacation, and as has probably our listeners have probably figured out by this point, when I go on vacation, I end up doing pretty geeky things, usually. Uh, so we were in, uh, Alicia and I were in uh, Manhattan for about four days with my family as part of the vacation. We did a whole lot of nerdy stuff. We went to... The Nintendo store at Rockefeller Center. We went to a Tim Burton themed bar called Beetle House uh, in the East Village. We went to the Museum of Natural History. We went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. But the geekiest thing that I've done since the last time we recorded, which was two weeks ago, was uh, this past weekend um, as sort of a cool down from that like trip to Manhattan. We went to and camped in Hobbit Holes in Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, for a couple of days. So it's this little uh, farm called uh, Forest Gully Farms um, that's uh, just southwest of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And they have built Hobbit Hole, like three Hobbit Holes. Ah! One, two, two, two are like be- uh, like bedrooms that sleep like uh, three or four people each. And then uh, one is a, like, little uh, dining area and, like, sort of kitchen kind of thing. Um, and we did it. It was with the uh, the Atlanta Tolkien fans group, uh, which we've been a part of for, I don't know, four or five years now, something like that. Um, and made some good friends through, and there were seven of us that went. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, we ate a lot. It was uh, also, like, on a farm, so, like, you could go, like there were 15 chickens or something like that. You could just go like take their eggs in the morning and like have farm fresh eggs for breakfast. And they also had like vegetables and stuff you could go forage for and like cook your, you know, cook your meal with like some fresh like peas or beans or whatever. And uh, a couple of the people that we went with um, throw these like really crazy intricate parties with like huge like spreads of food and stuff like that and they cooked a bunch of stuff for it as well that was like amazing like hobbity kind of food like probably the best blueberry pie i've ever had i had that weekend and but yeah uh pictures are all over my facebook and stuff it's forest gully farms if anybody feels like it it's it was a uh looking it up amazing it, I think it, they went viral a little while back um and like people were sharing around like articles from whatever like those sites that just basically repost shit kind of thing like shareable or whatever uh that was like you can go camping in hobbit holes except they can't legally call them hobbit holes but if other people call them hobbit holes it seems like it's okay <laughs> um fair enough yeah but uh no it was a lot of fun i uh, i think we're probably gonna uh well depending on how long we stay in atlanta for uh it seems like it's something that's probably gonna become like an annual thing um and what was it called and, again uh, Forest Gully Farms, like Fern Gully. Yeah, except forest. But yeah, it was a lot, lot of fun and not too expensive either. Like we got the whole place for two nights for less than a thousand dollars and split like seven ways. That ended up being not too much at all. 
for the place and uh you know just bring your own food kind of thing and brought a lot of a lot of drinks, a lot of a lot of hot. We we were basically like eating like fucking hobbits. Like we would have first breakfast, and then like two hours later we'd had we'd have second breakfast, oh. and then elevensies, and then luncheon, and then tea, and then dinner, and then supper. And it was how's that diet going, bud? <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, jealous. Just yeah. looking at the short video they have of it of the Hobbit hole and how everybody's yeah, foraging. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's just like I was. I saw the pictures that uh, Tim and Alicia were posting over the weekend, like on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, all I could think to myself was, I would have seventeen different concussions <laughs> in hitting that. your head on shit. Yeah, yeah, uh, from walking through that. <laughs> they weren't that low. I mean, they might be for you. Well, no, like they were actually pretty high ceilinged places, like the yeah. Hobbit holes. You know, they weren't to scale kind of thing. Like we yeah. were. They were adult size hobbit holes. Like the uh the highest point of the ceilings was probably like seven feet or higher kind of things. Okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't have been that bad. So I, I would just feel claustrophobic, not maybe. Uh, maybe. Not <laughs> I feel right. Uh, none of the people that we were with were particularly tall, I think. There was nobody that was like over five I think maybe like five eight or five nine or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So nobody who's six and a half feet tall no, guy. No. There was not. <laughs> Seriously, it looks like my paradise. I'd just be like, yeah, it derp, was... derp, 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 derp. yeah. Christy technically is a hobbit, so I mean, like, <laughs> and yeah. And while I was there, uh, I I finally started reading the Silmarillion. Oh, nice! Uh, for the first time. So oh, been, yeah, I saw that. I've yeah. been planning to do it for years and years, like to the point where I've taken it with me on like so many vacations. Been like, yeah. I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read this, but never actually did. But I finally did, and I got through like the first part of it. The I knew Lindalale. I knew yeah. I knew Lindale or whatever. Um, the which is like the origin uh, so story of Middle Earth, the creation myth kind of thing. Yeah, I read that book, um, and it felt like you know when you're like in university and you're reading a text mm-hmm. and you read it like physically read it, but like none of it sinks in, like yeah. none of it clicks with your brain. I feel like that's pretty much what happened with me in this <laughs> really Like I read the whole thing, and I'm like, if you asked me something about it, I'd be like, it was long. That's <laughs> about all I could get. And, and then, there was a lot of names. Yeah. And there was a lot of names and a lot of things happened, but very high level, no specifics. Yeah. Like, and that's very much like, and that's what I've heard. Weird book. Yeah. That's what I've heard from everybody that I've, uh, you know, told I was going to read it or whatever, or that like I've talked to you about it, um, that it is kind of difficult to get through, but are, although yeah. there are parts that are a little bit more sort of in depth and a little more accessible. Um, yeah. And uh, I've even been told like specific reading orders and shit like that, but that's not how I work. I just read shit start to finish. Um, yeah. But I, I had the advantage at least of having been told bits and pieces of it throughout the years. Like when I've asked Alicia, like what, what, where does this come from or what's the origin of this or stuff like that. So yeah. um, it's nice to sort of have all of this come through where it's like all filling in the blanks now kind of thing. So I already had sort of a loose framework of this and now I'm sort of reading like, you know, it's like you've been told a story, but now you're actually reading the history kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. Cause like I read it just kind of cold and it was like, Ooh, none of this is sinking in. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. So that was my geek of the week was camping in Hobbit holes. I mean, that sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, it does sound pretty of, fucking cool. My geek of the week of is definitely not anywhere cool like that. <laughs> what was your geek of the week, Christy? Well, half of it happened today while I was driving home to get here. Um, 
I was listening to my uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast, um, The Adventure Zone, which is amazing. And they do this thing um, where if we had more listeners, it's a really good idea. But it's called the uh, Jumbotron, and people send in messages and pay for you to read them. And maybe if somebody shared the podcast, I know because I have so much more friends than you guys do. (laughs) Actually, on Facebook, you really do. On Facebook, yeah, (laughs) not in real life. (laughs) No, I bet you you have more friends than I do in real life too. So that's pretty. (laughs) Mark's like Tim. (laughs) Tim Tim, who lives in my my brother who lives in Korea. My cousin who lives in St. Catharines that works like 12 fucking hour days, seven days a week, so I never get to talk to him. Yeah, that's about it, really. I, I'm in point, the same so. boat right now, too. Like, a lot of my friends have, like, moved away to foreign okay. lands kind of thing, so I don't have a whole or lot of local babies, friends. So might as well. Yeah, that, well, and that's, and that's you know, everybody's married with kids, right? So, like, once you, like, when you get, yeah, see, so you'll get there and get married and have kids, and that'll be your thing, but, like, you're, you're forgetting the rest of us that are, should be married with <laughs> kids and aren't, I guess. Maybe not should be, but like in theory, I guess. Whatever. Never mind. Tell your story. I apologize for interrupting <laughs> you for the fourth time tonight. No, it's okay. I kind of brought it on myself. So um I was listening to this podcast and doing this during this jumbotron. Um I the guy mispronounced this one woman was like I'm talking about her partner, and she was just like, I'm so happy to have found you. You're my Garris Vicarian. But he said Garris Val- Valerian and I shouted in my car <laughs> like involuntarily screamed so it's like Garrus except like, he's made of Valerian no! steel I don't know I don't know what he was thinking and immediately after the guy w- who was saying it was like oh I'm gonna get in shit for that <laughs> like, he could just like our fans are not gonna be pleased about that mis- like um, that mistake but I just like involuntarily screamed in my car that I was just so angry. I was like, how dare you, Griffin McElroy? And then my other geek of the week was that... Okay, so I mentioned earlier, I have been um, going through a bit of an Anne of Green Gables phase. Um, And by phase, I mean I watched the series, the the two-part... There's three two-part series that came out 20 years across 20 years and it's the one with megan follows and jonathan crombie anyway you guys aren't interested in this so i'll try to keep it short but i watch it every year and i went back because facebook memories was reminding me i had memories and for the past week and a half (laughs) so you say so facebook has to remind you that your brain is there (laughs) no no it's just that every day um at least like every like every year um on a different day within this week i have posted about how much i love <laughs> Anne of green gables and jonathan crombie specifically so it was just like i was looking back i was like oh man i need to get a life <laughs> just, oh how have i spent this much time like pining over these characters <laughs> Uh, I've only been on Facebook, but, well, actively using Facebook for like two years, and I still get that with certain things. Like right now, it's the time of year where like we always do a certain haunted house in Atlanta called Netherworld, and I just got, uh-huh. and I'm like making plans to go to that next week with some of my friends, and I just got like notifications on Facebook, like this time last year you were at Netherworld. 
Yeah. <laughs> so this is reminding me that I'm just a huge nerd and like in love with uh, more fantasy characters. It's just like, oh, sweetie. Oh, honey. <laughs> it's like my brain just being like, oh, you. <laughs> but yeah, that's my geekiest geek of the week this week. But now we are moving on to the meat of the episode. Here we go. Okay, you do your thing, Tim. Monstrous meat. I was going to say, they did the meat. They did the monster meat. The monster meat. Jesus. It was a monstrous meat. I think, they I think, did the I think meat. Mark just quit the podcast. It was the monster Mentally, meat. I think I just saw him quit the podcast. Monster like, meat. Fuck this, guys. I'm gonna... Chrissy, Chrissy's going on a long fucking walk for this one, too. Mark, Mark, this is not one of those ones where we can just let her keep going. Oh, what did I say earlier about the news? What was my little song? Damn it. Now I forget. <laughs> um, I quit the podcast. <laughs> Wait till we do it's our been musical nice. It's been fun, Mark. everybody. Yeah. Oh, well, if Mark quits the podcast, the podcast is dead. Tim and I don't... <laughs> we don't know how to run it. We don't know how to run this shit. We can maybe figure uh, it out, but it's not going to be as good. No. It would just be a lot of me singing. So anyway, um, but this week, if you didn't get from what, you know, Tim and I just laid down. I say Tim and I, but it was... That was all me. Sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> what we're talking about this week are monsters. And most classic people, monsters. Classic monsters. Monsters in film that we, you know, we're going to talk about the classic monsters, which were our favorites, what we thought were our favorite um, renditions of uh, those um, monsters in movies, and uh, what our recommendation would be for uh, for that. So, we're we're gonna get started by just just getting right into it. And uh, guys, what who's your who's your who's your favorite monster? Mark, what who who would you say gives you the the, the biggest ghoulies and creepies? Ghoulies and creepies. Go- it <laughs> makes you feel all all kinds of the goopies and the creepies. Well, then vampires, because that's isn't that what we're going for? That's at this Mark's point? thing. Is yeah. What, is that what goopies? That's, that's goopies and about. the goopies. Makes your know. makes your penis goopy. Makes Mark? Me. Yeah, it makes something Ew. goofy. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so tell me, what's your favorite monster? Classic uh, monster. I, we're talking like Draculian and uh, we're talking about Wolfman. And I'm interrupting Mark now. How's it feel, bitch? <laughs> Frankenstein like, monster. Like, Doesn't feel very good, does it? <laughs> Christy must have finished that big glass of wine. Nah, it's still here. A little bit. (laughs) Mark, tell me more. Who's your favorite monster, Mark? I'm just going to see how long you can go. Who makes your monster mash? Who who, who makes you feel like googly and googly? Are we done? Are we good? Can Can I talk? All right. I was waiting for it to interrupt me again. You- was, oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> who, who scares you the most, Mark? Who makes you? Who makes you all spoopy in your in your poopy? <laughs> I quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Spoop. 
movie. movie. <laughs> Holy shit. I um <laughs> the color of red that Tim is right now, I'm going to use in my next illustration, I think, because it is fucking amazing. Oh Christ. <laughs> I missed you guys the last couple weeks. I love my brother, but I missed you guys. Oh, you missed But your brother doesn't come up with genius like spoopy in your poopy. No, he just he talks at length about musicians that I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> but that maybe we will. We'll wait and see when we actually hear it. Oh, I got a, I got another Joanna Newsom rant this week. So um, who that exactly? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you probably like her. She sings. She sings. She's like an elf that sings harp music. It's Cat- caterwauling elf. Yeah, the, with a harp. With a harp. Oh. That's the other thing Facebook reminded me of today. A year ago, my coworker who I just started to get to know was like, hey, Christy, hey, Christy, come here. And I was like, what? She's like, I got something to show you. <laughs> fucking elf. <laughs> I remember. And I was like, yep. why would you show me that? Because she listened to the podcast. And well, like, and, that's, and that's why Spears was commenting on that fucking post today. Oh, okay, that's that what that was? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was. Why did I? I got a notification on a fucking post I'm tagged in. And I'm like, yeah. This post is like from last yeah. year's Facebook post. What the fuck, like, what the fuck Spears? Out? Why are you commenting on year old posts? Yeah. We're like those strange men from across the sea who like our like episode twenty two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Mark, who makes you feel all spoopily in your poopity? <laughs> he quit again. He quit three <laughs> times. I'm a, I'm a uh, your boyfriend, actually, Christy, kind of. I get a little weird feeling when I'm around him. How does who, that sound? Who, the wolf man? Looks like you? Yeah. I'm a narcissist. What can I say? <laughs> no. Um, if uh, if I'm going to go like classic movie monster, I have to go Dracula. Like That's the one you that bastard. I go back to. Mine? No. Uh, did you really expect me, vampire guy, yeah. to not go directly for the vampire? <laughs> I expected you to associate it with Twilight, not Lestat. Uh, what? What? <laughs> There's no What's Dracula that? in. I know, but vampires. He's a vampire guy. Sparkly vampires, but that is bullshit. There's like almost every franchise that I like that has vampires, which okay. is, does not include Twilight, has a Dracula in it. But right. yeah, no, Dracula, like that that story, like that book, and like. Oh, usually, Dracula like, the... 2000 with Gerard Butler. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one I was thinking about. Exactly. Um, actually, no, but. We can we can we can talk about that one if you really want to because I saw it once and it uh, it made me hate my life yeah pretty much because it was a piece of garbage bad news yeah um but no yeah I, I usually I usually go right for Dracula like that's kind of that's the one that I I lean towards like I like those old um like I've seen the old like Universal Bela Lugosi movies and stuff like that I like mm-hmm. that it's super arch and like almost campy at this point but they're a lot of fun and. Um, there's a Frank Langella one from like oh, it's the 70s or 80s that my mom like used to put on around Halloween that I really enjoy a lot, and I have a weird fondness for that the 90s Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Like even, that's even mine with, too. Like, yeah, fucking Gary Oldman was a Gary, it was, that's the thing, right? Like because Gary Oldman's in it, and it's like I mean, yeah, Keanu and fucking Winona that's Ryder. Fair. I mean, Winona Ryder is granted at peak hotness in that movie, but. She cannot hold down an English accent any better than, but just uh, just the production quality on that fucking yeah, movie though exactly. is outstanding. Hey, whoa, 
We're gonna be talking about this movie when we get to my. All right, okay, fair enough. So yeah, so like, my, if like, you're gonna pick like a classic like Universal monster movie, like or Universal monster, like, you're gonna pick one of those big archetypal ones. Mm-hmm. Dracula is my guy, like every time. So, <laughs> although I guess I can kind of shout out, like I do like the the creature design a lot of the time on the the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. like the the creature thing. Yeah, that's the dark horse I think pick. Yeah, yeah. Just just like just as like a, a character designer kind of like way, like I always like. Especially as you get further along and like makeup effects get better and better, he, that's always the one you see. You, you can tell like some fucking uh, costume designer, like makeup designer, was just like, "Well, I'm just gonna shoot my fucking rope all over this goddamn thing for like <laughs> whatever and get like the most out of it." So, yeah, there you go, Dracula. Very that took cool. us ten minutes to get that answer. So, Tim, who 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 makes you who makes you feel all? Freaky and you and you're sneaky. <laughs> you're stinky. Is that what you just said? No, sneaky. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna ha- pick a different one than either of you guys. Apparently, um, I'm a sucker for. Uh, well, it's 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 the hardest one to actually say because there's it's you can't just say Frankenstein because Frankenstein is the doctor. Monster. You have to say Frankenstein's monster. Um, but yeah, that what is colloquially referred to as Frankenstein is my favorite for sure. Just that like misunderstood nature. Like that's, I'm a sucker for that kind of story in general where like the, uh, you know, like creature that's just trying to survive or whatever is, uh, sort of the villain, but ends up being the most sympathetic character in the story kind of thing. Um, so definitely in Frankenstein where you've got like that, you know, he's, made and just is trying to exist and trying to find his way in the world but ends up you know being hunted with pitchforks and torches and shit like that is uh definitely my favorite and there have been so many really good versions of that i mean uh not just in film but um i'm a big fan of the uh dc comics version of yeah. frankenstein where it's got like a real steampunk bend to it as well yeah um uh, but still has that sort of existential crisis kind of thing. And I just like the the sort of cool sort of modular nature of a creature like that, where he can just, you know, loses an arm, can just sew on another kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Is uh, is pretty fun as well. So, yeah. Frankenstein is my guy, or Frankenstein's monster, monster to be more precise. Yeah. True that. Um, well, for me, as you heard earlier, it's uh, it's definitely... Dracula is probably my favorite classic monster. Um, as I was doing some research, I just wanted to like make sure I wasn't missing anybody. And I realized that, you know, a classic monster was not considered like Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde, which was up on my list. He's not a classic monster. Um, but you know who is? Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, been around for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Which yep. I thought was really cool because that's probably up there for me. Um and uh, I guess, like, it goes back as far as, like, 1925. And The yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, also a classic monster, which I was not expecting. I'd totally forgotten that. Mm. Um, but uh, they all came before um, the, uh, like, Frankenstein and um, Dracula. Well, that... I mean, I mean, in film. Movie in film, yeah. In film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that... Um, my favorite classic monster uh, is probably, um, yeah, it's probably Dracula. Just because he, in my opinion, um, the other monsters 
all have like uh, horror motives. You know what I mean? But um, Dracula is—he's so slippery about it. Like he is—he's—he's he's dastardly and like charming and I don't know. He just—he. He weaves you into his web because he likes the game of it, and I found I always found that kind of fascinating. So yeah, there's the, well, I mean, you're talking about like the romance of of Dracula and of vampires in general, which is, I think, something a lot of people relate to the characters, and I mean, especially the Anne Rice depictions is right, is that you know, mm-hmm. it's this very seductive. I mean, and plus just the fact that like the act of like sucking blood and like sucking on the neck and that kind of thing is obviously very like sensual as well. Yeah. yeah. And they did that. And even as, you know, Bella Lugosi who played him, um, yeah. it wasn't, it, it was still like almost, almost a little sensual. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They usually, they usually play the vampire, like the sex aspect of the vampire. Yeah. Pop. Like that's kind of like the, the center. It's like the, what do you, what would you call it? Like the analogy is pretty much like vampire equals sex kind of thing. Like that's usually yeah, and what that, that is. That may I mean it's not always the case, but it's I would say ninety ninety five percent of the time that is the the depiction of vampires oh. on some sliding scale kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's part it's partially why like they became they stopped becoming the villain in movies like mm-hmm. and then like became the like first the Anne Rice yeah the like the super romanticized like Anne Rice version and then like they became everybody's boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like even like we, we, we talked about Buffy last week, but that was kind of like the, for like a big factor in popularizing like the vampire as like love interest, as opposed to vampire as villain kind of thing. Yeah. So and yeah. then, you know, you've got count Dracula, which is, and the, yes, there's count Dracula, And also, I mean, <laughs> very, Twilight very romanticized, this. incredibly <laughs> sexy. Count yeah, Dracula. Extremely hot. Yes. um but yeah i just i think that they have a really interesting um depth to them vampires and dracula in particular when it's it's also the only one that's based on any sort of historical figure as well right yeah like i I mean i guess real frankenstein monsters in my day you know what i mean i mean mummies i guess you know there's mummies are obviously a real thing um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a it's a very broad like there's you know been thousands of mummies or whatever. Whereas mm-hmm. Dracula is all uh, traced back to yeah. Vlad the Impaler. My great yeah. great 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 grandfather, uncle. Really? Yeah. How about I told you guys that Vlad the Impaler? Yeah, you guys. I've told you guys that. I don't think no. So. Oh yeah, no. Well, maybe. I'm re- oh no, I think she. Was, I think around Halloween last year yeah. she did. Yeah. Mention I am related to him on my uh, mother's side. To be fair, we're all we're all related and somehow to Genghis Khan too. So yeah. like there is that. So. He put his dick in everybody. Yeah. Yep. Gross. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know who I had to, you know, what kind of terrible person my ancestor had to be to survive Vlad the Impaler, though. <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> but yeah, maybe so just really hot. Maybe. But anyway, um, yeah, that's my. My distant relative, Vlad the Impaler. That's another reason I really like Dracula, because I've done a lot of... Um... Family research? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not a cool guy. No. Not, not, a, no. not a great dude. There's a reason why they used him as a basis for one of the most like iconic horror fucking villains of all time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, he's not... Because he's a, a pretty monstrous he was, guy. Yeah. 
wasn't a great dude. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, those are our uh, our favorite monsters. So, and that leads to my my next question. What would you say is your favorite rendition um, of movie with that monster? It can be the classic, or it can be something more modern. Um, what What would you say is your favorite, Mark? Um, I mean, for like Dracula, period. I think. I have a definite fondness for like the uh, for that Bram Stoker's one. Like mm-hmm. I know we've talked about it before and stuff like that, but like that's just I mean that might be nostalgia goggles a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I also do think like I mean, cause some of the acting's really fucking it bad. It is so <laughs> fucking bad. But not Gary Oldman's acting. No, not Gary Oldman. And like oh, I don't know, he's chewing the fucking scenery. <laughs> like he's enjoying himself. But you know what I mean? The, like, that's what Dracula was supposed to do. He's a he's a pretty dramatic villain. Yeah, monster yeah. overall. I would have say. any of you guys have either of you guys read the book? No, I never have. I've read no, years no. ago. Okay, okay. And that is um, the romanticization of the character is very much something that happened in film. Yeah, he was pretty much just flat out evil and weird in the in the book. Like they don't really super play up like the he goes to London becomes hot Gary Oldman with a slash hat <laughs> on and his little and his little glasses kind of thing. Like that's not. In the book, per se, but whatever. Um, yeah, so, like, the Bram Stoker's one is something that, like, I I don't know. I think I just have, like, nostalgia goggles for, maybe, more than anything. Um, I own it on Blu-ray, which is pretty rare at this point, just to own something like that um, on disc anymore. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of vampire fiction, like, at large. Like, we talked about Buffy. There is a Dracula in Buffy that was played for laughs, but he's in there, and there's a Dracula in the fucking horrible third blade movie and <laughs> he's fucking horrible in that too and yeah but like vampire movies like in a nut like the blade movies are fucking awesome like i love the blade movies yeah so. yeah, yeah absolutely well, i mean I, out of all of the monsters i would say like dracula has had some of the uh best or the widest swath of like great actors yeah, portraying yeah. him like yeah. Way back to like the Bela Lugosi and yeah, Bela Lugosi um, and Frank Langella and like I mean, you've had Gary Oldman and like you've had a, a ton of people have played him. So yeah, um, yeah, Christopher Lee and the Hammer yeah. movie. Right, shit, I can't believe I forgot Christopher Lee. Exactly, yeah, yeah, Lon, Lon, Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr., John Carradine. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Frank Langella. Um, I like that one actually. That one holds up pretty well. It's pretty good. It has some liberties with some of the characters, like flopping the characters around here and there, but it's it's pretty like solidly like put together film. So yeah, I'm just looking through all of. I mean, it's probably the most adapted story or character out of the classic monsters. But apparently, Andy Warhol in 1964 did a black and white uh, film called Batman Dracula. Yeah. That is something yep. I should probably find. And watch. have you ever seen it? No, I never have. Uh, it's yes, it's a little bit of a sit. It, uh, <laughs> we watched it in arts. We watched it in art school, like when I was studying art at Brock. They made us watch it, and I was like, "That <laughs> was yeah. a long. It was a long class. Let's put it that way." I don't even know if it's that. I don't even know if the movie's really that long, and I don't. I think it's kind of short. But I'm like, it was still a bit of a sit. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, and then the other one we haven't talked about is uh, Shadow of the Vampire mm. with uh, Willem Dafoe. Willem. Oh, but that's the play on Nosferatu, right? Yeah. Which is like kind of the knockoff Dracula, like the Orlock characters. Yeah. Like we can't use 
the name Dracula, so we made this movie. But it's very okay. much about the making of Nosferatu. Nosferatu, yeah. I, I love that, was that, a fun, movie. that movie. That movie's fun, yeah, yeah. I like that movie a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, if you look at those classic movie, like, horror monsters, like, the the vampire period, but, like, Dracula especially, is something that's been adapted so many times, like, it's pretty easy to just be, like, reach up and grab one out of the ether kind of thing. Where it's like, touch me. <laughs> Sorry. Faith, but okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah I, I just watched rewatched that recently, uh, Shadow of the Vampire, and that's that's one of my favorite takes on the character for sure. Because it, nice. it has still has some of that sort of like seductiveness, but definitely also uh, pokes a little bit of fun at the character as well. And it's 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 all well, that movie's a lot of fun just to watch, like Willem Dafoe and John Malkovich, just like literally, yeah, chewing the fucking scenery, chewing the scenery, like just, and trying to out. They're literally trying to outdo each other mm-hmm. in chewing the scenery. It's like um, the closest I could think of is like it's like the uh, the end of Star Trek Six, where it's like. Christopher Plummer and like William Shatner, yeah, like, going trying to outham each other. Yeah, like just trying to outham each other. It's just like, yeah. Oh Jesus, the the fucking uh, the living will fucking what are they? What's the what's the saying? The living will envy the dead, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. Cool. What about you, Tim? Uh, for Frankenstein. Um, there have been a lot of really good portrayals of Frankenstein over the years. I mean, the there is obviously like the really iconic like old '30s Boris Karloff uh, yeah. stuff. Bela Lugosi and Lon Chaney also played uh, Frankenstein at various points. But for me, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, Anthony Hopkins portrayal in uh, in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, is that Kenneth Branagh? Oh, sorry. No, uh, Robert. De Niro. I was like, that's Robert not right. It, Robert, I was De Niro, Robert De Niro played the monster. That was a yeah. quality movie. Anthony Hopkins played played Victor. Yes. But yeah, I yeah. I legit think you made the same mistake last year when we talked about this movie too. Yeah. I don't. I'm having Quite like right now. I just I always associate like I always associate uh, Anthony Hopkins with that it movie wasn't, because he didn't play Victor. He that was Kenneth Branagh. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. have you even Hopkins seen this even in movie? that fucking movie? Jesus play, Christ! Uh, I don't, have you even seen this movie? That's what I just said. <laughs> no, have you no, even seen this movie? No, I'm no. IMDb. God damn! Why am I making this shit up? No, you're right. Kenneth Branagh played, uh, and in a great performance too. Played Victor, uh, Victor Frank. No, Victor Frank. You're right. He was yeah. phenomenal in that movie yeah. with Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, and yeah. oh, she in it too. I haven't seen that movie in a long yeah, time. Yeah, she's on I the cover of the movie. Yeah. And oh, uh, and Robert De Niro, sorry, as as Frankenstein's oh. monster, which I feel like is the most like sympathetic yep. version of that character that there's ever been portrayed, and the closest to the novel. This is one where I, I have yeah. read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, well, they make you read it in high school, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I read it in high school because in high school. because it's um, in terms. I mean, it's widely credited as like sort of starting the genre of horror and science fiction but it's also yeah. widely credited as being like one of the first examples of the modern novel as well. Um, yeah. Tim, um, I'm about to, I, I have, I have some theories as to why I thought Anthony Hopkins was in this. Um, Anthony okay. Hopkins is in uh, the Dracula, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula that we were talking about. He plays Van Helsing, Maybe. but oh, okay. um, in this particular, in Frankenstein, um, Ian Holm plays Baron Frankenstein and uh, John Cleese plays the professor that teaches Victor how to reanimate life. 
Remember, he's got the teeth Too and he much. talks like this, and he's tall and he's got the wild yeah. hair. <laughs> I have a big, big John. Uh, I think I've seen this movie sure. and you haven't. No, I definitely okay. have. It's been a long time, but the I The makeup on De Niro was particularly phenomenal. And I think that's yeah. part of why, like, it's not a movie that I instantly associate with De Niro because, like, the makeup was so transformative, right? Like, you can't tell that it's fucking De Niro nah. for that. No, he's amazing. Um, especially considering De Niro is, like, such an iconic, has such an iconic appearance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and voice as well. Like, it's not, like, his usual, like, I'm Bobby De Niro kind of fucking performance either. Like, it's... um. It is, yeah. I think Anyways. Kenneth Branagh directed that too, didn't he? He did, I believe. Yes, yeah, he did. I think you're right. He's yeah. magnificent. Um, he is. I'm a big, I'm a big Kenneth Branagh fan for sure. And produ- produced by Francis Ford Coppola, who produced and directed Bram Stoker's Dracula. That makes that actually makes sense. Because um, it feels like they were. Um, I think they were probably producing the same deal. I think. Yeah, maybe. The, re- the reviews on that are bad. It's only got a three hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That Frankenstein. I don't really. I remember like. I remember liking it quite it, a bit. I, I I remember it being like doing pretty good business. I mean, I'm looking right now. Yeah. It did like one hundred and twelve million on a forty five million budget, which is a but modest, not bad. Modest that was success. one of the first yeah. like. I think it was. Well, uh, if I remember correctly, people panned it um, because it was. Um, this sexualized like version. They didn't like that the monster was sympathetic. That's what I love. I know. I know. And also, also horror films were just coming back into fashion and it wasn't, it wasn't fashionable to give them a very good rating. Mm, That makes sense. Yeah. But then we have, we have movies like cabin in the woods, which are amazing. Well, that's very rare in the past year. Like get out. Yeah. Which got was just like reviewed yeah. glowingly across the board. Yeah, it's actually probably one of my favorite oh, yeah. movies of the past year too. Yeah. But anyway, that's... I saw I saw an article about that not too recently that was like that um, sort of co- uh, horror movies exist on a different like scale of ratings than any other than like you know comedies or dramas or whatever yeah. kind of thing. Or I think that's horseshit. Yeah, because like you know they sort of. If if a horror movie gets like seventy or eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that, it was probably fucking phenomenal. But there's yeah, twenty right. to thirty percent of reviewers that just don't like horror movies or don't get horror movies. It's so whatever, true. Right? Yeah. So the any any horror movie they review, they're instantly going to give it you know two stars less or twenty or thirty percent less rating than they would otherwise. Like I've always had to be like I, I have to hear a horror movies like exceptionally good from like a multi like a multitude of different sources before i will go and watch it so yeah. i may be part of the problem like in that in that case because i am definitely like well i go I'm pretty picky yeah i go to um as probably the biggest horror fan out of our trio here i go to like horror sources for it like i yeah. go to like bloody disgusting and stuff like that yeah you know and they and they particularly you know i go to their ratings and see who liked it from here kind of thing and even within that like they have a plethora of different reviewers kind of thing. There are certain ones that are like, this guy liked it, so I probably will, or this one liked yeah. it, so I don't know how much well, credence I get it you, kind of thing. What did they say about yeah, it makes sense, um, so. Frankenstein? Uh, I don't know if Bloody Disgusting was around when fucking that... Well, no, it was 1994. It, it, this is pre-wide like pre widespread use of the internet, so... Well, Bloody Disgusting, I think, was a... I believe was a magazine before it was like a website. 
Um, might have been. I don't remember. I know. I know. Like Fangoria and stuff like that. I was going to say Fangoria. Yeah, that's the one I could. I was thinking of off the top of my head was Fangoria because I remember picking that up back in the day. But well, I used to get weird like sci-fi stories in Fangoria, so you'd have to pick it up to kind of get like mm-hmm. pre-internet to be like, oh, they they might have Star Trek, Star Trek, and Star Wars news and stuff like that in the nineties, or maybe more mm-hmm. Star Trek than Star Wars in the in the early nineties. I was going to yeah. say maybe all these reviewers yeah. are just remembering. You know, they're just. Judging Kenneth Branagh because of his uh, role in Wild Wild West. That's a fair judgment to make, <laughs> though. Yeah. So, yeah. That movie was a pile of shit. But anyway, <laughs> um, why don't we talk about? Oh wait, it's my turn. Um, well, for me, it's it's really it's um it's Bram Stoker's Dracula is probably my favorite rendition of Dracula of that whole storyline. Not because again the acting was fucking atrocious, but. Some of them are good. Well, some of them are good, but a lot of them are like it's either they're yeah. really the bad or they're. But they were up like the Renfield in that. I, mean, like, I loved um, the portrayal of Renfield. Um, yeah, that's uh, Tom Waits. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I should have known that. Um, yeah, you should have. Oh yeah, his voice. Of course, it's Tom Waits. Yeah, man. Goddamn. Right. Um, but like, I really, I really enjoyed Gary Oldman's performance, and yeah. um, I was. Uh, I was a big fan of the effects in that movie because at the time when it came out, it was just like, whoa. Yeah, no CGI, all practical. He did all that shit in camera too. Like most of that stuff is like practical effects. Yeah. Because yeah. Coppola like refused to use uh, CGI at the time because he felt it looked fake, which. At the time it fucking did. Yeah. yeah. Well, probably, to be fair, still kind of does. So, like. Um, ugh, sorry. Ugh. Michael Taylor just posted something on a response to that um, Facebook Facebook post. post. It's from November 15th. Why is it popping up today? It's It's not November 15th. Anyway, he posted something about Garrus Vicarian that I can't look at, but about his pottery, and I just, like, got grossed out. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, um, but I I really... Sorry, just give me a second. <laughs> oh, that was gross. The unfinished pottery. So gross. Oh, I shouldn't have had all that pie. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty sexy picture of Garrus, though. You probably want to see that. Okay. Um. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed. Um. I liked that uh, Carrie Elwes was in it. Elwes. Elwes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Even though he was um, Lord Arthur Homewood. I think that's how Lucy says it. But yeah. there was just. It was such a. It was such a fun cast in a way that. Um, I think they they made it this gothic, like dark movie that was perfect for the time that it came out. Now it's so campy, but at the time it was it was so cool. It was so cool, and I think that overacting style was very Gary Oldman in the nineties. Like, do you remember yeah. him in Fifth Element? Can we talk about him in mm-hmm. Fifth Element? Well, that was that was also the style of Fifth Element in general. I know, but he sort of yeah. brought that to Dracula. And mm. I liked the relationship that he had with Mina because that's not book from the book, you know. Like they made him very um, like the backstory they created with um, her being an ancestor to the woman that he loved that sacrificed herself when she thought that he'd been mm. killed and. Yeah, they took some liberties. For something that actually has Bram Stoker's name in it, there's a Very little, uh, there's some disparity yeah. between between like the source material and the actual And like movie, the fact so. that they, you know they like traded some of the roles. Um 
like the uh, the doctor that takes care of uh, Renfield, who is Quincy P. Morris. He is mixed with Arthur Homewood, uh, Homewood in the book, like their their one character. Yeah. And so there's they took a bunch of liberties, but I, I enjoyed the liberties, and I thought that it was a it was a cool, sexy portrayal of Dracula. Like when they had the absinthe, oh man, that scene was sick. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd say that's my my personal favorite. Um, yeah, excuse me. So um, Alaska. This is this is um this is beyond uh classic monster movies but if you had to um offer up a monster movie for our audience to watch this Halloween season um what would you recommend it can be from the classics or it can be something a little more modern just depending on um what you've seen and what you like you can give up to two so mark Mark's do you want to start or do you want Tim to go first uh yeah I think, and this is not a Dracula movie, but like, I think we haven't really talked about the Wolfman at all. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I, I mentioned him, him at the beginning. Yes, yes. But I mean, like, we haven't discussed him any further. But um, I've never, I don't, like, the old Universal Wolfman movies are fucking ridiculous. So, like, <laughs> I don't super recommend any of those. Um, but I, um, American Werewolf in London, I oh, still yeah. think is one of the best um, horror movies, like, of all time. I definitely recommend, like, if you have not seen that movie, like, just stop fucking like i don't want to tell you to stop the fucking podcast but you know what stop the fucking podcast and go watch american wolf in london oh the transformation oh my god the transformation and all this stuff where like like the nazis like when he's dreaming and stuff like that like the nazi wolf monster stuff like the movie's terrifying and it's like perfectly plotted like like that movie like that screenplay is fucking amazingly well paced and stuff like that like it's so good and like the conversations he has with like um his dead friend and stuff like that and like the, the friend telling him to kill himself because he's just going to keep killing people and like the whole denouement at the end it's like it's a fucking spectacular like five star movie is so good so I I think American Werewolf in London is like my fa- probably my like <laughs> as much as like I love Dracula and stuff like that I think it may actually be like my favorite like monster movie like of all time mm-hmm. so cool alright so we've got that as a recommendation do you have one more you want to talk about or is that 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 it well, let's can we go around yeah, I, yeah. I gotta think my brain is not so uh, why don't we hear from Tim? Give us a recommendation, and then we'll come back around for a second. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, the wolf person uh, story, since that is one we haven't really talked about too much yet. Um, I'm going to go uh, a little bit later version um, in a Canadian uh, horror movie, uh, Ginger Snaps. Oh, Catherine Isabel. Ginger Snaps? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen this. Catherine, oh, this is one I think you in particular would like, Christy. You like it. Catherine Isabel, who went on to play Margot Verger and Hannibal, which we need to talk about at some point, because I finally mm-hmm. I yeah. finished watching it. Uh, but yeah, so it is also a take on sort of the uh, lycanthrope uh, myth kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, full moon turned into a wolf, but it also has, uh, it's basically the story of a like high school girl and sort of the uh, transformation into a wolf is portrayed like allegorically and sort of uh side by side with uh her like with menstruation and stuff like that like her starting her period um so it's very much like coming of age and like the sort of female transition into womanhood kind of thing along with that that lycanthrope thing and there's also a lot of like uh social commentary and stuff tied into it as well um in a maybe a way that Right now, now we might, might consider a little heavy-handed, but this came out in like 2000 at that time. This was yeah. 
a pretty early like indie horror movie kind of thing. Uh, watch the transformation right now. Partial. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of like sort of uh, predatory guys that like just get their fucking due from the the uh, yeah. the werewolf girls kind of thing and stuff like that. So yeah, I definitely recommend Ginger Snaps. And they made one or yeah a couple. Sequ- they made a sequel. Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all garbage and like they don't have Catherine Isabel, so they kind of yeah. lose me. Yeah, they they don't have the same sort of uh, weight as the uh, yeah. as the original does, um, but the original definitely I would I would recommend. Yeah, I always felt like that original was like a a darker Buffy list episode of Buffy. Like it yeah. just had that kind of like snarky vibe to it that I thought was really good. Like, I love this. Is what would happen in a high school if Buffy wasn't there, kind of thing? You know, exactly. Like, yeah, like, there showed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Whedon was still writing it because like all the dialogues just like super snappy. Like yeah. Like it's it's really well written too. Like I yeah. really enjoy that movie. Yeah, definitely recommend it. And also Catherine Isabel is just like she's smoking hot. Man. Oh, she's so hot. Even though she's probably was young enough that we should not be saying that she was smoking hot. Well, she's no, she would have technically... been. She's thirty five now, so she would have been yeah. like around eighteen at the time. So I guess that's... I was gonna say she's the same age as us. So I don't feel bad about like yeah. She's an eighty eighty one baby, same as us. Yeah, same as Mark. Same... Okay, well then you don't have to feel weird about it. No, because I would have been I would have been horned after her at the same age when I saw that one, and I every time I see her on something like she shows up every once in a while on other TV shows, and I'm always like, yes, I love you. If uh, so. did you see American Mary? Uh, that was about uh, four or five years ago. Mark is another like indie horror movie by I think the Saska Sisters. Yes, but I don't remember, like have a particular memory. Let, yeah. let me look it up. Where it was like she was doing basically amateur plastic surgery on people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that. that one. Was she was smoking. Well, oh yeah, yeah. She's always smoking. Yeah, oh, she's amazing. And, uh, and and was really well done as well. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I will have to. Uh, you say I will enjoy the movie. Oh yeah, you'll like Ginger Snaps. It's yeah. really good. I think you're it's right good. up your alley. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's the same way I, I keep recommending you watch Buffy. Like it's in the same. I feel like it's okay. Maybe not exactly in the same vein, but it's in that kind of like vein. Feminist, like uh, sort of. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, fe- feminist fantasy kind of movie, but also like kind of comedic too. Like, there's some good like, yeah. there's some good jokes in there. Like, there's like good bits in there too. Like, it's well written and snappy and stuff like that. It's a it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, I'll have to check it out. Well, uh, one of my one of my recommendations, um, and uh, this isn't even like a horror movie, but it's specifically just so you can watch. You know, actually, I'll save that one for a second. Uh, I would say Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. If you want a monster movie, uh, I like, I like Kevin. so Kevin many monsters. in the woods, all the monsters, all the monsters, and that's why, like, I really when I was watching it, that twist was perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but also gave such great homages to some wickedly amazing opportunities mm-hmm. to showcase not only classic monsters but classic monsters done modern wise while still like respecting their origins yeah, yeah. there was a massive amount of homage in that movie oh, which was really nice yeah. to see it was awesome yeah. it was so well done i really really enjoyed um just the all of the elements of that movie um yeah. and you know i i think that they they did it they even though it was you know at, at its core a little bit of like comedy horror they really like paid attention to the the details of everything they brought in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, like that's such a great, um, such a great monster movie. It was between that and um, I was gonna say 
not this isn't the one I, I'm going to bring up, but uh, I, I was going to say I, I like uh, Cloverfield because you don't see the monsters, but that doesn't seem yeah. to work in this particular. That's more kaiju. Yeah, that's more kaiju. Yeah. yeah. So give me your last uh, your last movie recommendation and um, Mark, and then we'll move Tim, then we'll do me, and then we'll say bye. Well, I think I would be I would be remiss if I didn't say like if you don't go out and uh, if you want to watch like a monster movie, I think. Um, the, the the classic eighties uh, Monster Squad I think is a little bit like for, like can't be fun yeah that one's that one, it's just like a big mashup of nonsense like it's it's a lot of fun it's like the Goonies meet Frankenstein what and, was that yeah, meet, meet, meet the Universal meet the Universal monsters yeah. pretty much yeah it's called the Monster Squad okay. it's like it's almost hard to find my sister found a Blu-ray of it a couple years ago it's like I mean it's one of the movies that like Stranger Things and it are like really highly oh, derivative okay. of. Yeah, it's got that same vibe, like you know, a bunch of like horny teenage boys kind of thing that are uh, that end up faced with a bunch uh, with a bunch of like those classic with like the classic monsters. yeah Universal monsters yeah. yeah it's 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 a, it's a fun like it's a kids movie like it's fun like it's not like gonna blow your mind or anything like that but it's it's a goofy little like ride kind of mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and I guess like I mean I shit on Blade three so like the first Blade and the, the first two Blade movies are like really awesome vampire movies and i would definitely recommend if you haven't seen i don't know how you could have not seen blade if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> but like i haven't seen blade holy fucking shit i knew she was gonna say that i fucking knew it as soon as you said i don't know how you haven't seen blade you know what there was a fucking onion article like this uh on this too there's an onion article that was like more uh millennials choosing to stream blade rather than watch it on dvd or something like that <laughs> that's fair as long as they watch the fucking the movie's great you can go watch it. it is it's a solid comic book movie and a solid uh like monster movie too yeah it's an awesome horror movie yeah. too like I, I still remember like that the summer well this the summer I don't know, whatever that fucking thing came out, I was blown away when I went and saw that fucking movie. I was like, well, I can't believe they actually did a comic book movie. Yeah. Because this is like 99. Like, this is that was the first one, too, right? So that was the first time Marvel got adapted, and it was like, well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, that started... Like, people dismiss Blade a lot. Like, they don't talk about it a lot, because it is kind of like a tertiary character, and like, it's monsters and shit <laughs> like that. But I'm like, that's a really good fucking uh, ad- adaptation of a Marvel comic. I, and- yeah. I didn't even fucking hate I didn't even hate Blade Trinity. Ryan Reynolds is great him. in Blade Trinity. He's so fucking good in that. He's just playing. He's just. He's, he's just playing, playing Deadpool. He's playing Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. playing Ryan Reynolds. I. He's playing Deadpool. <laughs> he's just playing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I like it because it's got a Triple H. Like Triple H is in there. Like yeah. the vampires in that are like it's so it's such a ridiculous cadre of vampires in Blade Trinity because it's like Parker Posey and Who Triple is H. Hot as fuck. Oh, she looks smoking in that. Yeah. And then, well, Jessica Biel, too, like, yeah. unbelievable in that movie. But, like, who's the other one? There's a third one. It's Parker Posey. That's not the one with Stephen Dorff, is it? He was in this. No, that he's in the first one. First one That's right. Stephen Dorff. Because um, the second one is, uh, what's his name? Because it's Guillermo del Toro did the second one, and that has Ron Perlman in it. Yeah, right. And then the third one is Triple H, Parker Posey, and somebody Dominic else. Dominic Purcell? Like, yeah, I from, think that's From uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Prison Break? Oh no no! He plays Dracula. It's there's a, there's another like vampire I think that's in there like in the mix. It's not a big deal. It's just it, there's three of them and they're all like super campy about it. Like Triple H has fucking like silver like metal fangs and stuff. It gets ridiculous. Yeah. So. Hmm. All right. Well, any other words on that recommendation, or should we move on to Tim? 
Oh, Caelan Keith Rennie. That's why I wanted to talk about it because Caelan Keith Rennie's in there. That's he's the other vampire guy, <laughs> and I love Caelan Keith Rennie. I don't know who that is. Caelan Keith Rennie. He was. Oh, okay, um, yeah, I I I recognize from Californication. Yeah. He was Lou Ashby in Californication. Yeah, I recognize. Also, he was in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, he was he's, one of the silent. He's been a he's a. Uh, yeah, you anybody that doesn't know who he is, you would know him if you see him, you yeah, because he's, he's in hardcore in, logo, also, he's been in everything, yeah, yeah, he's been <laughs> a lot of shit, yeah. Um, okay, my turn now, your turn, Tim. Yep, um, let's see, I'm trying to, trying to pick something here that people might not have seen. All right, this is one that is a classic, but that some people might not have gone back and watched, which is the original Nosferatu. Uh, I can't think of I can't think of many more movies or many movies that sort of set a mood uh, in the same way that that film did. Yeah, um, like just just the ambiance of it overall is really just sort of you know not necessarily outright like scary, but definitely like spooky and sort of creepy kind of thing. Um, and uh, maybe it doesn't have the same level of like Dracula romanticism as the later iterations do, but definitely sort of eerie and unsettling i will say uh yeah. so and i mean it's uh there, there are a lot of different versions out there that have like because it was a silent movie that have like different soundtracks and stuff like that associated with it um i can't necessarily off the top of my head make a recommendation on what would be a good one to see but let me do, do your research before you before you just find a version mm. Yeah, I would also look into a version that is cranked properly because that was shot, I think, at 16 frames per second. Wow. And sometimes they overcrank it, so it it it, it looks kind of silly. Up. It looks a little weird. So if you find one that's being reproed properly at like whether the interplay or whatever, so they yeah. get the 16 frame effect, so that it's, he's moving properly. Because otherwise, he moves in that weird like jerky and well, moves too fast kind yeah. of thing. Like that's why a lot of silent movies move. Like when you see them, they look like they're moving in fast motion because they are. They were, yeah, because they're moving too fast because those things were only shot at sixty, yeah. like eight or sixty per second or yeah. something like that. So when they crank them up for yeah. modern stuff, it fucks them up. And and all those like movie, like silent movies especially, have been put out in so many different versions now because they're essentially they're public domain now. Yeah, they're public domain because basically because they're pre Mickey yeah. Mouse. So yeah, oh, pretty much. Yeah, pre Disney destroying all the copyright laws. Copyright laws. Yeah, copyright laws. Yeah, <laughs> made everything inaccessible. <laughs> yep. But yeah. So yeah, definitely the original Nosferatu with Ma- Max Shrek as the yeah. eponymous character, title character. I haven't seen it. How did you go to film school and not see that? I think, like, did you not take film classes? No, I did. I like, did, and we did a class on it, but I was in Disney World. I'll I'll allow it. I accept your. I, excuse. I won't. I don't accept. <laughs> I missed that in North by Northwest. Holy oh, shit, wow. have you never seen North by Northwest? No. Fuck off. Why are you on this podcast? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, I mean, Why am I hosting? Why do I admit no, these Nosferatu really is, like, just just in terms of being, like, sort of one of the seminal early horror movies, that definitely, yeah. like, the lighting in that film on it as well is just outstanding. Especially yeah, crazy. For, for being so early in terms of film, uh, it really uses light to a really amazing degree. Just, just the cinematography, just the cinematography, based on like the age that it was created and stuff like yeah. that, is like it's so well shot for something that was like yeah shot on tripods and then needed eight people to hold the camera and stuff yeah. like that. Like the way those old hand cranked things were just a mess. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's very impressive. So, 
But yeah, fuck, I've never seen North by Northwest either. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. I keep meaning to. We have it. Yeah, you should. You, you, oh, yeah, you would like that one. I yeah, think that's one of it. Everybody would like that, but like, it's such a fucking fantastic movie. So, excuse me. All right, well, I'll say my last one. Um, and this isn't a, a horror movie, um, but I found that and this is what I was going to say earlier. This movie in particular, it's it's one. I'm going to let you guess. Have one guess. It's Guillermo del Toro. Pan's Labyrinth. It's Pan's oh, Labyrinth. I love Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking awesome. And the reason I bring this one up is it's not technically horror, um, horror, well, but yeah. um, <laughs> it's. The, not only are the monsters just expertly done and the idea that you never know if it's in her head or if you're, you know, um, actually witnessing these these events, but the monsters are actually humans. And I think that they're the most fascinating. Yeah. I also like, think Del Toro should be fucking committed because the shit that comes out of that guy's brain is just very disturbing. Oh, the mo- this this monster with yeah, the hands, yeah, the, the, the eye hands. Man. The pale man. Yeah. He is one of the scariest monsters ever created in film, as far as I'm well, concerned. Well, you know, sort of like the the genesis of that character, right? So yep. he is basically supposed to be like a stereotypical white man, and that he, um, let's see, in that uh, it is he is a pale man that feeds on the helpless uh, and is represents. So this was a tweet that he did, like back in February of this year is uh, Guillermo de Toro posted the pale man represents all institutional institutional evil feeding on the helpless. It's not accidental that he is a pale B a man. He is thriving right now. Wow. <laughs> you ever feel really shitty for being a white guy? Like sometimes I just feel really shitty for being a white guy. Yeah. Yeah. White, white guilt is a thing. And, and it's also just that guy. like, uh, the the other factor that he's always eating that he's never sated right like just that yeah. greed and stuff like that as well so yeah man that is some deep shit <laughs> yeah the Thoros a sick motherfucker Oof. he's also a very smart motherfucker so oh he's brilliant yeah, he's really good he's brilliant I'm still pissed he didn't get to do those Hobbit movies or another Hellboy movie like yeah. there's a lot of shit I wish he could have got to do that he didn't get a chance he to do he would have been so great i liked peter jackson's uh hobbit movies but i based on some of the uh production is or like sketches and shit i saw from del toro's i would have liked to have seen his as well that being said there if you compare both like there is still definitely some strands of del toro stuff in the peter jackson version yeah well what i think bummed me out about peter jackson's version is that he didn't want to do them yeah but anyway we're not here to talk about that we'll have that episode someday what are we gonna what are we gonna do lord of the rings and the hobbit like we gotta we'll do, do it in we december, do separately right we'll we'll do yeah. it we'll do it like the week after we do the marathon or something like that this year yeah all right yeah early just but i would be remiss to the the monster that is scared okay this is the last question i'll ask just give me like don't i don't want a huge explanation or anything what monster has scared you the most in film and this is one i didn't prep them to ask i'm just asking now before we leave this one's easy Okay, who is it for you, Mark? Uh, Pazuzu. Linda Blair, like in The Exorcist. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Regan. Yeah, Regan in The Exorcist. So. Yep. Right, 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 right. We've talked about that. That's an easy answer for me. Um, yeah. Mine's lined up, too. Go, Christy. I'm having trouble. For me, it's Jeff Goldblum as the fly. Yeah, that was pretty chilling. Yeah. Cannot handle that That's movie. crazy body horror, like... 
body Any, horror. Anybody that's had dreams of their teeth falling out or something like that. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't watch it to this day. I can't. I've tried that moment when he throws up in his hand. Yeah. Like I and when he's Fucking like Cronenberg, right? Like, I just yeah. Can't. I can't handle it. I cannot. That gives me nightmares. I'm thinking about it. It doesn't give me nightmares in the same way that, um, like, like Totoro does. <laughs> but we really Cronenberg this universe up, Morty. <laughs> oh yeah, so funny. But um, the fly is killing to the movie. bone. Yeah, such a good movie though. So well done. Well, unfortunately, I'll never see it again. Yeah. But anyway, Tim. Oh, I'm like that with Pan's Labyrinth. I'll never be able to watch, sit through that again. Like, there's no oh, I love it. I'll ever be able to see that again. Um, fuck. Pan's conversation is so cool. Yeah. Deep Spanish drawl. I'm trying to think of something that like fucked me up as a kid, and I'm. <sighs> that's why. That's why Pazuzu was so easy for me. Like yeah. going straight through yeah. again is so easy for me because that fucked me up as a kid. So I think I'm gonna go with Hellraiser Pinhead. Nice. Oh yeah, cool. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. the, fir- the first guy. time, or, or just the Cenobites in general. Like a lot of them have been have like really kind of fucked me up and and haunted my dreams over the years. Um, is that the repressed homosexuality? Is that what the problem is? No. Maybe. <laughs> Wait, I've yes. never seen. I've never seen those movies. So like they're like they're like a weird fetishy gay. Yeah, kind of thing. there's a lot of oh, like leather homosexual. Well, there, there's a lot. It's it's a lot of like uh, hedonism and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like the the pleasures of the flesh kind of thing. Yeah, uh, are yes, tied really heavily. Read in, some and stuff. They're tied really heavily into the Hellraiser movies. I haven't seen Hellraiser in a long time. I should watch it this season. That should be the one of the ones that I go back to. I there's seen a few of them that are really solid. There's some that are yeah. fucking terrible. But yeah. there's three or four of them. I mean, there's been like eight or nine at this point. And there's three or four of them that, that are pretty good. But yeah, Pinhead, like uh, the first time that I saw Pinhead. And I mean, just like the way that the puzzle box like tears people apart and shit like that. It really fucked me up, I think. Nice. Yeah. They, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having like a memory hooks, of it now. The hooks that yeah, go in and just tear your body apart, like that is... <laughs> That's intense. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I think those are all great answers. And you know what, listeners? We would love to hear um, your answers to all of our questions and uh, also responses to all of our answers to all of our questions. <laughs> so um, lots of things for you to do. Um, but we always, seriously, we have been loving how active um, the posts have been on the Facebook group. We love having these conversations extend to you guys and hearing what you think and uh, continuing after the episode is done. Um, I know I always get a kick out of reading them, even if I'm I'm not as big as a responder as um, Mark and Tim, because sometimes I'm afraid to say things and get um, <laughs> made lots of fun of. But um, I, uh, I, I, Blade. I think, what the fuck, guys? Just rag on her now, like she has to see God Blade. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna and get North some by, like, North by North. And North, well, fuck that. That that's inexcusable, really. But I'm sorry, I've told you in the world. Yeah, yeah. That, that one I can but I can I, see that, but like. Anyway, um, we would love to hear what you think. Uh, what's your favorite classic monster? What's the best um, classic monster um, for you? And, and like, what, what movie was the best with it? And uh, if you had to give us one or two movie recommendations, what would they be? And what monster still scares you to this day? So, What did we forget? Because usually they really like pointing out what we forgot to mention. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did we forget? Because we didn't fucking talk about mummies at all. 
it's yeah, like the true. fourth or the fourth or fifth, depending yeah. on how you look at it, like classic it's, universe um, mon- monster. Albert there was Costello. mention of Creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah. There was, uh, we didn't talk about, um, I'm trying to think. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, the reason why we didn't talk about the mummies is because it's a stupid villain. Like, it's such an easy fucking kill. Yeah. Come yeah. on, guys. Also, some fire? Also, That's all you need is some fire. <laughs> and it's yeah. dead. Also, there's, a, there's only three of us. And, um, and two you know, of us picked the two same of us one. had the same answer. <laughs> yeah. If I could, I would say Young Frankenstein was my favorite monster movie. Yeah, but that was uh, on my list. Of you sort of you mis- mentions. You mispronounced yeah. it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It's Frankenstein, Frankenstein. until the end. My name is, is Frankenstein. It's an excellent, amazing Gene Wilder what? performance. Thank Which is God. technically that movie is actually technically like the originator of like all the comedy for the last like thirty years or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's Brilliant. like articles written about that movie to this day. Brilliant! It's one of my favorite movies. I think it's probably in my top ten favorite. Movies. It's probably one of the funniest movies ever made. Actually, yeah, like, it's so funny. But um, on the oh man, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Frau Blucher. <Yeah. laughs> oh. Um, my favorite is roll, roll, or um. What hump? Yes. <laughs> so good. The movie's awesome. This is not my favorites, but they're ones that are coming to mind right now. But anyway, um, we're going to sign off now, though, because we've been talking for two hours. So, uh, ladies and gents, if there are any ladies out there, listen. Um, you forgot my mom. Thank you very much. What? Karen. My when, mom. Oh, right. Oh, I, how could I forget about Karen? Karen, we love you. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We want to hear what you have to say. Uh, if you want to leave us a comment or any kind of, um, find us any way that's not in human form, cause that'd be weird. Um, you, unless you're like Michael and want to give us a tour of Google again, that was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. But, or we know, we know you. Um, anyway, I'm shoddy hosting. I'm so tired. Ready? So, oh, Ken and Christy, she talked about being sleepy. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, you can find us on all kinds of social media. Like I said, if you want to talk to us or reach out, uh, you can find us on our Facebook page at Dance Robot Dance Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. You can send us emails, but we don't check them, so I'm not even going to say that. Uh, you can go on a hunt if you want to find us. You can download us and our episodes on your various podcast apps, whether that's uh, Shout Engine or Podcast Addict, whatever you use. Um, we're on iTunes as well. If you want to drop us a rating and some comments on there that would be great and um i think that's about it so yeah please comment like um and uh listen next week and we'll have more halloween fun for you in the next couple weeks leading up to to the day and uh yeah i guess that's it guys do you have anything else to say before we sign off r.i.p gordy i suppose yeah pretty much rest in peace gord Rest in peace, Gord. All right. Well, Mark, why don't you say goodbye? Good night. Or good night. So long. (laughs) Farewell. Tim, you want to say good night? I'll be there saying adieu. Adieu. Adieu to you. And you. And (laughs) you. And I will say good night. It's Christy here saying ciao. And we'll uh, we'll hopefully talk. Hopefully talk to you next week. And uh, stay spoopity doobity. What puts the spoopy in your poopy? I quit the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Super duper. Stop talking, Christy. I want to stop the episode. I want to go to bed.